like we landed on the moon, nothing in the same sense. Uh, Not at the line like shine bright. We're in our prime, had the time of our life. We on the night. Yeah. Hear Can you see the fire? Hello, folks. This is Scott and Paul's Album Podcast. Hello. Going to to today's always by my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello again. <laughs> Double hello. Double hello. Oh wait, I said it three times, so that was like a triple. Aye. And I'm not saying it again because then that would be a quadruple and be all kind of kerfuffle and terribleness. So hello, that's basically <laughs> what we just had was in the first 20 seconds. Hi. Right. <laughs> We're here for our usual impact episode, which will turn into a, just a wrestling ramble in general. An impactful ramble. That's what you should call a show. Yes, yes it's impactful is. ramble. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's just the thing, you know, because there's stuff to talk about elsewhere, which we said we wouldn't talk about unless we wanted to talk about it or something that was worth talking about. And oh yeah, yeah, there's been a lot over the last few weeks that have been uh, rather, 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 uh, rather less than positive, shall we say? Things, yeah, a little upsetting, know, a little upsetting things. things. You know, I mean, the most obvious one, I think, is the talk of the town in the world of wrestling at the moment is the unfortunate passing of Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. A fantastic wrestler, member of a fantastic team with his brother, the Briscoes, mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away in a nasty car accident. And, you know, my thoughts are with his family and mm-hmm. hopefully his, his daughter and that. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope I hope they do well. So. Yeah, because at the time of recording that, they were updated that they were... Hopefully doing better, but I don't think they're at the way yeah, his daughters were in the car yeah. and the same accident that was sadly claimed claim claim Jay. Life. But hopefully, and you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll pull through it and it'll be, yeah. at least that'll be something. God, that's depressing. And there's some other stuff about Jay and uh, some other wrestling things that we're going to talk about in a wee bit. Getting that out of the way before we go into Impact's recent Hard to Kill, so no, go through the posit- negativity to get to the positive bit at the end. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's try and find some positive elsewhere and ask you, Paul, how are you and yourself? I am just dandy, Scott. Mm. I have been, uh, I've been doing well. I've, I've taken the steps to not drink as much as I do. So, mm-hmm. and I haven't had a drink for five days. Mm. I haven't drank. I have survived on grump cigarettes and coffee, <laughs> black with two sugars. Well, got you this far. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm feeling better for it. Mm-hmm. Losing a bit of weight from it, which is also cool, you know. Okay. Been eating better. I've been noodling on my guitar, <laughs> you know. Getting reasonably no bad at noodling <laughs> on the guitar, you know. Can pull a few wee tunes at here and there. You know? Try to get the calluses back, you know. <laughs> Alright. You know? Hey, I've got. I've got I, I, sorry, I cut in, but I also, as I told you before we started recording, I suffer from the unfortunate of the, the stubby fingers, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I do not have the, the picturesque hand of a guitarist, but god damn it, I've, I've put the effort in, damn it. So. Look, see, I've got a couple of, I brought some rings you're not going to make me drink on my own, are you? Oh, though? no, no, I, I'm sure I'll help you out, I'm sure I'll help you out. I'm just, I'm just pacing myself. We did talk about, uh, before we started recording, the idea it's better to drink with people than drinking alone, because that's when you really start to feel yeah. kind of down. That's, that's, when you, that's when you become a sad, lonely drunk. Just, which is why during lockdown I didn't drink a lot during that period. Did you not want to be a sad, lonely drunk? No, I did not. As, as I told you pre-recording, mm-hmm. don't no. sit on your own, get drunk, and watch the Green Mile. <laughs> that was a silly decision I made. Yeah, 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 it sounds like it. it. 
uh, weeping into my t-shirt I was. I was like, no, not John Coffey. Why? He's such a lovely being. Why? It's like, I think you can actually, it's showing you, you can actually lose some weight. Like, even if you don't change much about your actual eating habits, but you cut out things like alcohol or even fizzy just to an extent. Yeah. Uh, and you maintain, you maintain some sort of regular physical movement, regular, yeah. like even going for like extended walks and everything like that, you will notice a difference See, I, I do like quite a lot walking and, I, you know, I walk the dog for my mum and mm. I've knocked my pan in cleaning this place a bit and up and down the stairs and walking up and down the Clyde Bank and whatnot. So mm. lots of walking and lots of, you know, probably not the most sensible thing, but lots of partial eating, you know. But that's, that's mainly due to the fact that I just couldn't be arsed, you know. Mm. I, I, have, I have grazed throughout the week, but I've mainly survived on black coffee. <laughs> you know, black coffee and cigarettes. The diet of champions. I've been trying to make efforts to maybe lose weight and get a bit fit because, well, one, I'd like to be a bit healthier, you know? Yeah. Well, you do your thing, don't you? You do your thing with the steps and you do walks for yeah. charity and whatnot. Well, yeah, so. well, uh, yeah, I keep up with uh, my step caring when I'm walking the dog and everything. Like, yeah. the weird, the big old weird thing I, I enjoy in my weekend I mean I like to have a lie in, on the weekend but like for the afternoon to spend things I'm doing the afternoon if it's just me and the dog I like and the well is nice enough just going on a, on a long a long, long walk with the, with the dog headphones in long walk with the dog because yeah. great for him and it's also probably good for me health wise I was enjoying some good headphone tunes this week I went I went so weird with my music I went from like from aggressive 80s metal uh -huh. to High energy eighties pop and disco and dance, you know. Well, you gotta have a healthy mix in your yeah. Mine tends to go from one extreme to another extreme. Though I know I never seem to have a mm -hmm. a center. You know. <laughs> I like it when I when I have it, when I get a bit pissed, but then I need to get like a bus home or get some sort of public transport home. And then when I've had a bit of drinks and I've got my music, I like listening to music there because. It's funny what you're in the mood for when you want to listen to music, but you also had a few drinks. It's, uh, it's yeah. funny what your brain tells you, like, no, this is what you should be listening to. Like, oh, you listen to something you've not listened to in aging, well, I forgot how good that is. Yeah, I, the thing I was listening to last was uh, Iron Maiden, hmm. and not the Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden, the original singer, the Paul Diano Iron Maiden, which I know I'm in the, I am in the smallest minority in the world here, but I actually prefer Paul Diano. Uh -huh. You know, because I like the, the raw, like I tend to be like that a lot of the time in music, I prefer the original, mm -hmm. like the raw form, you know, and Maiden were a lot, they're punky a lot, they're, you know, they're only so operatic when, <laughs> you know, we didn't, we did not need soaring air raid siren vocals when they were just, you know, yeah. studded wristbands and leather jackets and yeah, you know. And same with that, the stuff the stuff I was talking about, like the extremer stuff. Like, I I like Sepultura. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of them, you know, but I like Sepultura, and I like the album they released the same year I started primary school. <laughs> Beneath the Remains, that album is bitching. If any of our listeners are metal fans or even just fans of good fucking music, listen to Beneath the Remains. The album's phenomenal, lyrically, musically, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's been my week. Music, you know, being more health conscious and noodling on my guitar. But <laughs> how's your week been, man? That's not too bad. I mean, 
my sleeping habits are all over the place. <laughs> Mine, uh, mine's have actually been better since I stopped drinking as well. Ooh, I think your coat died, man. Yeah, <laughs> coat just fucking gave up on life and threw itself off the door. I can't take it anymore. I'm just done with everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's been a while. I'm looking forward to it because we're recording this on a Friday. You're probably here at the beginning of the following week, but. You know, we're going to put on a week, my weekend off and not much to do over the weekend so I can hopefully get my long my long wait for a lie-in and then hopefully start the next week to restart resetting my, my sleeping habits to a point yeah. where I'm not tired all the fucking time. The trick is, like, you know how they say, like, uh, during your day-to-day, it's better for you to, you know, set a routine. Mm-hmm. Same thing when it comes to your sleeping habits. Always try your best to set a, like... Some some sort of a routine, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to make a point to get to my bed at less time or have little things that help you. You know what I mean? Like I am. I don't suppose I'm too different. I'm sure a few people are like this, but I, I retain a thing, from, that mental thing from childhood. Like when you were a kid and you like to leave a light on when you were going uh-huh. to bed, I tend to leave like TV or my phone on playing YouTube or Netflix just mm-hmm. to fall asleep to, you mm-hmm. know. Put it on quietly, just let it talk to itself. <laughs> you know, I I do that, and I tend sometimes to let the cat just come in the room and sleep on the bed with me as well. You know, I woke up at what was it? Woke up around about three or four o'clock this morning, mm-hmm. and realised that he'd made himself comfortable sleeping on my hip, <laughs> to which was a little bit of an issue because my back was sore because I couldn't move, so I had to just ever so slightly adjust myself so the cat didn't move. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my back feeling better? Yeah, my back's cool. Is the cat moved? No. Cool, I can sleep now. Cool. But I'm starting a thing next week where I'm going to try and do a proper thing in terms of my step and my exercise in that. Because I, I, I think I mentioned before, I may do that thing at, Ham- at Hamden Park in December, but now it's moved to April. And so I'm getting back in properly in the routine of, of training for this yeah. thing. Like, I've been going up and doing just the stairs. I live on the second floor in my, in my house. So going out in the landing, going up and in the stairs, 15 minutes, 20 minutes the next time, mm. 25 minutes the next time. And it's amazing how how knackered I can even be just after that. It's, it's the going up, it's dealing with the incline of going up the steps rather than going down it and just remembering to breathe so you regularly so you're not getting all that build-up of, like, sore starts on this in your muscles and... Yeah. Your heart starts beating, you're sweating. I try to build up a sweat. I even put a hoodie on, even though I'm in the landing, like going up and down. I want to the piss out of me because I was halfway down the stairs going back up. She opened uh, her door and started blaring the Rocky theme into the landing. <laughs> uh, well, I, I got some running in midweek too. Mm-hmm. Not, not intentional running, it was more like, oh fuck, running. Mm-hmm. Because I was at my mum's, sitting chilling having a cup of black coffee, and then I went, you know that horrid realisation you have? Mm-hmm. I went, oh fuck, mm-hmm. I left a pot on the cooker. Mm-hmm. You know, I one of those situations where I had a pack of eggs, they were going out on that day, so I thought, well, just boil oil them, mm-hmm. and you can use them throughout the day. So, six eggs, and I went out, remembered everything, did I remember to turn off the fucking pot? No. So I was like, oh fuck, and then, Hurried my fucking smoker's long ass up the fucking <laughs> house to turn off the pot, which was fine. Mm-hmm. But I was like, 
Yeah. Off now, you cunt. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't having that. <laughs> right, I'm trying to combine that with... <coughs> do a little bit of that, but also combine it with getting a certain step count per day. Like, no, maybe maybe no, so the 12,000 steps, which I was doing, like, last February. But, like, something close to that, because I remember last February when I was doing that, I liked doing I got into a habit, which was hard for me to break after doing that, and that I was... Finding any excuse to just go on these walks and maybe take a wee detour, go on. Mm. Like, I got up on walks, I was running for him, I got up a bit earlier. Back then, I was able to force myself up earlier, mm. go for a walk before work, get a couple of thousand in, come back, start work. Because I do have a bit of routine, especially on days where it's just me in the house with the dog. Like, get up at a certain time, do a certain amount of work, take the dog out, mm. or his walk, come back in, do some more work, lunch, work, finish for the day. So on and so forth. Mm hmm. I think it's just trying to get more movement in there, you know, and actually, because like, that's the thing with my students being all over the place, I set alarms, but, you know, being able to actually get myself up after the alarms <laughs> have gone off and get and start and work at a, a, a solid time. Mm. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's all about routine. I tried not to be listening to stuff too close to before I go to my bed, like, because I'd have my headphones I'd be watching them and I'd decide, and you go to bed, but I'd leave it at my headphones then while I'm getting sorted and brushing my teeth and everything, so I tried to just take the headphones out, then get sorted from my bed because I think it's just listening to stuff and watching stuff so close to bed it's it's not giving my time, yeah. my mind time to settle down, my mind Look, just doesn't shut off One of the best things I've found for that, and I only use it on occasion, but you know like the, what is it ASMR type shit yeah. like I, I tend to put on my phone sometimes, you know those little like snowstorms or mm -hmm. rainstorms or things like that mm -hmm. and Put them on. You got to find the right volume level for you. But when you find that, sometimes that can be just nice. You know. You guys sit there like nails, like sounds of the rainforest. <laughs> Surprise! You can hear it over there in Mission Control. Yeah, I'll switch to Babbling Brook. <laughs> well, but yeah, oh my god, uh, my mum's birthday's coming up uh, a couple of days after this goes out. It should be fun. I'm go I'm going to find that little fly one time and I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. I'm gonna kill him. Oh that no much. I mean, really enough, like at the time of recording, uh it's like a week on on Saturday, but it's this Saturday coming when this comes out. The Royal Rumble. I don't know why it feels like it's snuck up on me, but there it is, the fucking Royal Rumble. It's, I'm looking Rhea forward to Ripley's it. gonna win that. I hope so. And the men's one. <laughs> well just win both of them, she'll main event both nights. She will, because she is brilliant. <laughs> cool. Cool. I think Xavier Woods said, but end of the year, it's likely she'll either be US champ or IC champ. And I would, I was like, yeah, I can see that. That'd be awesome and well-deserved. I wouldn't be against that. Car, fucking Big LG ain't been the same since she slammed him. <laughs> like, you've seen that clip also before, she stepped in for a solo, that bit where Dominic stepping up to... Facing off with Solo. Aye, that was funny when he done it. Well, like, I think that nice photo was a uh, thing because obviously Solo being the brother of the youth, so he's also the son of Rikishi. Ah, I've seen that. A, I like, a side by side <laughs> thing of like Rikishi and Eddie. Eddie and like the Wayne's like get, <laughs> start fucking going on for where the uh, left off. Pretty much. Uh, Even though Dominic like, isn't, isn't, definitely isn't Eddie's kid. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Definitely seems to be taking on an Eddie style character though. Yeah. He really, he really, he. I don't know if he's doing it that badly though, just to annoy the fans. But he really needs to work on that Eddie movement he does. <laughs> so 
See, whenever he goes to do the fucking turnbuckle, like the yeah. suplex, he really needs to work on his groove because you can't near rhythm. Oh, he's just dead to that. He's doing engineering. That's why if you like, boo, you're not Eddie. How dare you do Eddie's thing? Uh, Have you no respect? Well, obviously not. He's a heel. <laughs> also, I thought the person like where else Ray used to do this thing when he was unmasked. He was in that group that the filthy animals with mm. Conan and that and WCW. Who were wondering, like, is this what Dominic's taking inspiration for for his you know, prison look, whatever his weird mm. white tank top and everything? Is that, is that when Ray used to walk about in baggies and a beanie hat? And he's, he used to have these weird devil horns uh, for some reason. <laughs> Looking look like a, a small thug. Yes. Like, who left their child here? <laughs> who left their small child in the care of Conan? Where's Jericho? Tells the story of like meeting Fusio on mass for the first time and thinking that it was just some kids that was there. <laughs> like Conan's there smoking a joint and he offers a, a bit to Jericho. Like you can't smoke down here. Like this kid's there. Like the kid's eighteen years old. Like yeah, my name's Ray. <laughs> <laughs> like no oh, shit, he looks about fucking thirteen. Not now he doesn't. No. Not now. He no. looks his age now. No. What is he like? Late forties. Must be. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, yeah, we've got the Royal Rumble coming up. Mm-hmm. Was it all rumours of The Rock showing up aren't exactly? Yeah, because he, he feels like he's going to look shite compared to his cousin. Well, he's no, and you do, and you certainly maintain to get in ring shape, and I don't think this is it. Like, surely, as was point, I've seen people point out, like, surely The Rock, they've come to you ages ago, what trying to work this out. Like, they, I think I even heard rumours they wanted to do it last year. Yeah, and then they want to do it like. Surely you could find time in your schedule to train. And isn't he in shape anyway? He's always in shape. He's well, huge. in shape physically, but like then there's another thing about getting back in. Cardio and ring Cardio rusting. kind of thing. No, that. Because like, he used to try and find time like to go to a ring set up for him during his schedule, film schedule when he was doing the two matches, you know, but he got a proper injury. Like he like, tore like, a groin muscle or whatever yeah. during his matches, you know, like less than 15 minutes in. And... Honestly, I think he doesn't want to go through that again, like suffering a major injury. And also, that's part of the reason why he's not had a problem match since then, because then. because his studio, like execs, don't want him wrestling and like fucking up their filming schedules. Mm. Like he had to do, he had to do start shooting on a like, on that Hercules film after WrestleMania twenty nine. Also, had to do reshoots on that Mark Wahlberg film he did, uh, Pain and Gain, both of which had to get pushed back because he got injured. I personally think one of his best film roles is in the other guys. <laughs> I like that as well. Yeah. yeah. Aim for the bushes. There were no bushes. You just yeah. jumped off a building. Aim for the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> I just fucking fucking food fighter said it goes by here. Then. Watch him as he goes. As he goes. Splat. Right. On the pavement. Samuel Ellen him. <laughs> hey. I want to hear you talk. I'll put my head up your ass and work you like a puppet. <laughs> oh, Samuel L. Jackson, man. He's so cool. Yes. And I suppose The Rock is kind of like a Samoan version. You, you could say that, in a way. Doesn't say motherfucker nearly as much, but no. you know. Is he Samoan mother and African daddy? Yeah, African American yeah. daddy. Rocky Johnson, obviously. Ah, Rocky Johnson. I must say, I've seen the pictures of his dad when his dad was in his prime. His dad was built, man. Uh-huh. 
you know. Even like seeing that weird fucking run he did at survival series. No, it would have been many a thirteen. Many when he was fighting the Sultan. Aye, aye that was the one. Aye, we keep seeing a weird purple mess. Aye, aye, I liked the Sultan. Yeah. He was all right. I mean, he was he wasn't any. Just neat way he was going to be bigger than up on mid, but well, that's the thing. Like much like how he's not the brother uh, Rodney K. Yokozuna was like I Simone, but we'll pretend he's Japanese. Like. Ah, the impl- was implied because he's with the Iron Street, he's from the Middle East. This Samoan and this yeah. weird, like a sh- like a shit panto genie costume they've I given mean, him. What what the belts that Rikishi won? I see multiple time tag champ. I like, used a old like WF World tag champ oh, when aye. he was in the hedgerows. He won the WWE version of the tag champ. I won with the, uh, with, with, with uh, Scotty. Scotty, aye. and he was a one time IC champ. I think that was about it. Uh, never European or hardcore. No. Mm. I think if he was around more in the early days of SmackDown, like if he stayed a wee bit, maybe he would have got a brief US title run. Mm, I, I like mm. to think. But nah, I, I always, I always liked Rikishi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Yoko, I mean, he was fucking, you know, two-time world champ. Mm-hmm. Two-time tag? Yeah. Two I mean, time. that second one was very real. Okay, so like, they had the whole thing with like, oh, you didn't pin the right man in that triple threat match in your house, so they went, they went get, given the belts back. Alan Raw, same night they listen to smoking guns. Mm. But that was the point where Yoko was kind of. I mean, Yoko maybe would have a won. bit heavy, Lent. Yoko maybe would have won another belt had he like, been able to lose the way they want to. I, mean, I think he did have an IC. We will forget, I think it's the night after In Your House 5. He did challenge for the IC belt against Razor Ramon. Mm. Don't know if he would ever would become a. I mean, like no, 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 respect for the dead, everything, but like, the IC trail, the workhorse belt. Yeah. I don't think you can describe Yoko as well, a workhorse. Like, from what I've read, the man apparently was a bit of a workhorse. He just liked his grub. Aye. I like to work. He liked his grub a bit more, though. Aye, he liked his grub. See if he had got his cell back to the way he was when he first debuted. Uh-huh. You know, that would have been fine. I've heard like stories of him, like, Bert Hart talked to him, like, how much he liked him. But he said, like, he, like we didn't hold it against him, but like, there was a brief point when he was on top as champion where, like, a thing that happens to a lot of guys is that I think for a brief point that the push and the success went to his head a little bit. Mm, Brett says that a lot. I think Brett says that about a lot of people and I think that a lot of the time that might just be Brett's own personal well, opinion. Like, but you could see it potentially being the case because, you know, being, I think he was still fairly young. Like, I think he must have been in his 20s maybe mm, mm. When, he, when he got first gets it. You know, it happens so quickly after he comes in. Yeah. I think maybe because he's successful he doesn't think his weight's an issue. Which is probably why he, he struggled so much, but and you also have Rikishi who said that when he was wrestling but hadn't found the character yet mm. and he was struggling, like he couldn't. It was a point where he thought he, was, he might reveal this on that WWE Confidential series where he said, Yeah, I thought I was gonna lose my house. My, Rodney cut me a check, said, like, This is so you can uh, still have a roof over your head and your kids can yeah. have heating and everything. And say, apparently, like Yoko himself was a really, really decent man, mm-hmm. you know, like, a really decent guy. He just like you say, he's. He's sort of he's barely got the best deal, you know, because he just and he can't hold that against the guy, you know what I mean? So he liked his grub. I remember the WF did a, a couple of that smack and whack when they did like funny skits with the uh, wrestlers. They did one how to eat like a Yokozuna, <laughs> showing you how big how much Yokozuna eats. Love to see that on Beard Meets Food. See if Adam could go through a Yoko's daily diet. Like there was one where twelve turkey butts. Well, like, you get like uh, Mean Gene comes to the big hibachi style restaurant with Mister Fuji and Yoko. 
The guy's this big mound of rice cutting up 10 steaks in these tiny little bite size. <laughs> and it was always time you talking about it, and they were like, you look at Yoko during this, they're like, you look at Yoko and he's he gives Mr. Fiji because like, the guy's doing all the fancy hibachi like flipping the knives about Love doing it. all the tricks and everything he's he's looking at Mr. Fiji like tell him to fucking hurry up I'm starving give me my fucking food <laughs> no apparently he was very fond of skeet shooting as well hmm. that was a thing he enjoyed he enjoyed he, do, he enjoyed shooting he was also a big fan of uh, like rap and everything. Yeah, so he, he, was, he was a fucking rap fan. Yeah. He liked skeet shooting. He liked turkey butts. <laughs> you know, like Tur- got turkey butts and mayonnaise. Godfather told the story of he was in the car with Yoko. The two were in the Undertaker's like we crew. Yeah, with Bone Street, thanks or crew or something. BSK. Yeah, and they were listening. And they were listening to like some country music because Godfather was apparently a fan of country and like Yoko <laughs> just turned off like he's looked down like. You know you're black, right? Because <laughs> 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 well, I was like, so I can't like fucking country music, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, like, Rikishi was also, was also a big fan of Robin. Weirdly enough, like that, Rikishi helped and helped John Cena and he's fucking all with him because I think it was Kishi, Ray, and a few other guys who were Smackdown to were. You know, doing freestyle rapping at the back of a bus. Mm. A tour bus, John went and joined in on them, and Stephen Mann overheard and like, I think you could do that on telly. And that's where John Cena did start his soul thugonomics yeah. thing. That's what saved him for the prototype gimmick. Aye, because like, he was pretty much new, like, by, I think this was October, he was on the tour, and he was basically, he got word that maybe by the summer he would probably get his, his match and basically told, on your way. Can you imagine? <laughs> if we'd never, if he'd yeah. never, if Stephanie had never heard him. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. We would not have the now 16 time mm-hmm. balding legend that we have. <laughs> Sorry, John. Yeah, but, no. You know, it's just when they start making memes at your bald patch, you know what I mean? It's just no good. I mean, it was funny before you could notice it, but that, I mean, that one hour was a winner in that race time, actually. I mean, fucking hell, we could park a car in that spot. You really could, man. And I, I thought to myself, Christ, you've got the dosh, you can fight to get that fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, you could even wear a hat, keep the hat on. <laughs> but he'd be like Scotty DeHoy when Scotty DeHoy used to keep his hat on, see how long you can take him to get the hat knocked off. <laughs> Not even do what he used to do, you know, keep the military cut. <laughs> it's because he's kind of growing out a bit Mark yeah. Wahlberg floppy now that like people are noticing it there because the more hair he's got the more people are going to notice I definitely think that's a probably a Hollywood thing maybe because I don't think he was, until he started going away more regularly to do his, mm. his Hollywood stuff that he started growing out to that length no, I definitely no. think that's got a, a, a part of play in it but I, re- I really think he should he should he needs to get back in the gym and he needs to go to the hair doctor <laughs> the hair doctor uh, he needs to get that wee that wee patch filled in you know that wee velcro patch just stick <laughs> <laughs> it on uh, I don't know how you transition to the next so I'm just going to start talking yeah fuck it let's talk about Vince McMahon shall we oh do we have to talk I to- about him I, talk- I told you we have to do both of the negative to Going to the positive layer. Well, will we will we talk will we talk about when Triple H finally get gets supreme ultimate power and goes Vince, you're fired. <laughs> and he goes, wow, oh, now I finally know how that feels. <laughs> it hurts. 
How? Like when someone says, ha ha, and Nelson and the Simpsons are supposed to say, ha ha, does sir. No wonder no one came to my birthday party. No, that's when he sees himself in I the mirror. Ha ha, hey, that hurt. No wonder nobody came to my birthday party. Have you thought about getting a quieter phone? I've thought about it. You know, I've thought about it. Not for very long, I imagine. I can't do anything about the phone. But All I can do is put it down there so it doesn't affect the recording, Scott. So, obviously, I think by a country mile, the biggest thing about 22, the biggest shocking, biggest news story in the world of wrestling is probably Vince stepping down. And then coming back. Well, no, I didn't come back until particularly a part of this year, but like, I'm just saying like the biggest... Shocking, most shocking thing to happen that no one thought would happen is Vince stepping down and not being followed, not and that not proceeding the words because Vince has sadly passed away. Because everybody was assuming Vince will work until his dying days. Well, he might still now. Well, oh, for goodness sake, phone. But the first few weeks of 2023 immediately undo the biggest story of 2022. Yeah. At that point. And let me sit you a timeline so you can figure out what the fuck actually happened, okay? So, Seven months, wasn't it? Yeah, it was somewhere in July. It was at least a week and a half before SummerSlam, which is the end of July, because you remember, I think, the first Roger Triple H was the one to go home for SummerSlam, which was the one where Roman did the promo on theory, your daddy's not here anymore, mm. that one. And so, uh, also, we had that that time. We've, I think it was over December time. Yeah. We uh, we find out news that Vince wanted to come out. Vince said, I, well, I got bad advice. Those... He says, quote, well, I don't think he's that quote, but these are, are supposedly what's being said in the reports from Vince that, oh, these allegations would have blown over had I stayed. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think they would have, but all right. I don't think they would have, and just to wise you up, old Vince, more of them are coming out as we speak. Uh-huh. There's new allegations coming out every day. <clears throat> it's as if people want them to go away. <clears throat> There's all sorts of conspiracy theories that, like, that the idea of... People within WWE leaking more of the stories about Vince's misdealings, mainly as a weekly to prevent him at all costs from being around anymore. Do you do you personally think it will work? Hard to say. Really hard to say. Well, you know. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to put ideas in anyone's head here or nothing. <laughs> but you know. Just because, just if my allegations ain't true, mm. you could still make them. Yeah, I was gonna say allegations. Allegations can really fuck up your your efforts. And it can fuck up your perception in terms of world of business, especially. Yeah, like if if more, like, see, look at the thing that happened to Johnny Depp. Uh huh. Now that was a horrible thing and she was a bitch. Mm-hmm. And he was a good man. Why couldn't someone do that to Vince? Because like, it's not fair to say that because you like one person when you see allegations that say it's not true but say it's true because you don't like someone else. But I think it's a case of like oh, during a very long public trial we did see more so of why maybe some of, a lot of the things about Donald Trump were not true. I mean, yes, he, he did drink and take a lot of drugs, but... He, he, was didn't, not, he didn't do any hitting people or violating people. I didn't shit in a bed. No, no, he didn't do that. She did. Mm-hmm. But and then, do you know something else? Her dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, 
like Vince, evidence-wise, it's not so surprising when things like this come out. Yeah, because he was he was chauvinistic. He was a bit of a pervert, and he's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. He he would sell his he would sell his own mother to fucking further himself. That man. I mean, I don't want to get political here, and some people. It's one of the harsh things about life. You don't want to try and acknowledge that maybe certain sometimes life or the system is is flawed. Is rigged and 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 it get, it get for some groups of society or against others, but. Vince stepping back, the rich old white man coming back in despite all these allegations and almost, not yet, but maybe in some cases getting away with some of the things he's done is fucking, how do you ignore evidence such as this? Look, anyone else other than this old rich white guy getting these accusations would never have found his way back in. No, and I, I don't... A part, a part of it is also to do with Vince's ruthlessness as I'll lay out what happened. Yeah. But... You gotta see, sometimes things are not fucking fair. No, things are not fair, but I've got to say, I doubt very much. Um, well, part of me doubts it, and part of me is hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter where he goes, mm-hmm. as long as he stays the like, fuck away from creative, Aye. I don't care. Because, you know, there's so many people out there now in the wrestling world, not mm-hmm. just in WWE, that are saying that the company is so much better. Mm. With Triple H and Shawn Michaels at the fucking helm. Yeah. You know, DX is running the place. Well, Shawn Hunnell's NXT, Triple H, everything else. Yeah, yeah, but that's the way it needs to stay. Well, I think it's a case of Shawn stepped in for NXT because of Triple H's health issues. And pardon my thing, when Triple H came back in, Triple H seemed to be happy enough with Shawn and started that he said, fuck it, keep at it. Yeah, yeah. And just. Because I think he, he trusts Sean's abilities in that role. Yeah, he trusts Sean not to make it a multicoloured fucking mess. Well, I think Sean was in charge of it during 2.0. Obviously, it wasn't Sean's idea, but Sean was basically given this and then basically had to run with what he had. And then they transitioned to a more white and gold, so a bit of halfway between the old, the older the two versions. And so he's trying to make the best version of it possible. And I, I think from, do you know, I've actually started watching a bit of NXT and yeah. from, you know, from what I've watched, I, I enjoy it, I like it, you know? I think I remember, like, Sean, for ages, has been involved in the PC, like, I think Drew McIntyre and Adam Cole both said, like, the sh- class that Sean mainly teaches is the guys who, not the beginners people, but the guys who have enough experience are just missing one or two things before they go on, t- on TV or might already be on TV, but are missing... Basically, it's basically the advanced class in a, in a way is what Sean's teaching. Mm. Which is interesting enough. I wonder how Sean's approach to teaching has changed because I remember the big thing about his wrestling school was like, like one of his one there was another trainer there who mostly handled a lot of the stuff because Sean had a hard time really explaining things that worked for him because a lot of it come came natural that he couldn't properly he couldn't figure out how to teach it. To yeah, he just it just. Was for him. Yeah. He was just naturally, like naturally gifted wrestler. Yeah, and both, and if you believe stories about him and training with Jose Lothario, basically, Jose took three hundred or three thousand dollars, depending on the story, from him and taught him how to sell and how to do a backflip. Right. Okay. Here's a backflip. Here's how you do some selling. I'll have the cash now, please. <laughs> and maybe, maybe Sean felt a bit ripped off by him. I don't know why I say he did, but. Maybe that's why Sean treated him so shitly. Well, or maybe uh, just because Sean was an asshole. Then. I think it's in large part to do with that Sean was a substance abusing asshole at the mm-hmm. time. I read a story in regards to that. Actually, it was uh-huh. a story in regards to 
uh, some of the boys getting Sean after he came back, mm -hmm. and we went and got convinced that we have a few. It was Rick, mm -hmm. Rick Flair convinced that we have a few beers, mm -hmm. and Sean was like, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't really want." And he's like, "Come on, you can have a few. Go on, like poking them in the ribs. Like, go on, have a couple." And then once he'd had a couple, uh -huh. according to some of the young, like Jeff Hardy and that, uh -huh. he like, let old Sean started to come out again uh -huh. after a few beers, and he was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I could take all you bitches <laughs> and fucking, nah, you're only popular because of me, and, <laughs> like, I would, he's with athlete's legs, <laughs> you know, but no, nah, fuck all you fuck all you I could beat you, be up you. I could be up you. I could definitely be up you. Yeah, and I think I said it to the wrong person in there at one point. He was like, "I could take you." He's like, "Aye, aye, aye." And he was like, "Oh no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. You're good. Only, only joking with you, pal. Yeah. You know what I mean?" Yeah, but well, let me, if you will allow me, try and take you through a timeline of what actually happened because it feels like every other day, almost every day, something new was happening. So I've tried. I've watched as much as I can. I've read as much as I could. Let me take you through the keyhole. Gather round, children, for I shall tell you a tale of the mean old, how the mean old Vince wormed his way back in. Because he's a cunt. Yeah, that's a short version. Here's a better version, because, yes, <laughs> yeah, while they claim he's not going to get involved in creative, again, Vince is not someone you should always, you should always, if ever, take out his word. Or ever. I would definitely say ever. Yeah, never take him out his word. But even if he never gets involved in creative again... Vince, if they, he's just going to be involved in the business side of it, as he claims, on on its own has its own major ramifications. But a lot of people are just very fixed on the don't touch creative. Yeah. But there's bigger ramifications that stay here because I think it was over Christmas that Vince initially slinked his way back in. came out and said that he wanted back in. And I think wording is important because I think his initial talk about returning also involved creative when he said that initially mm. and briefly the WWE stock started to go down a little bit mm. and then before there was assurance that he wasn't coming back it started to go back level out and start going up again mm. and so Vince then comes back in during uh, the start of this year like he sends a letter basically saying he wants to come in because like, they're talking about selling and there was talk of also there's media rights negotiations to be had some point twenty because the TV contracts with Fox and NBC Universal that made all these millions of dollars yeah. were all signed in twenty nineteen, which means they need to they'll be coming up for expiry some point in twenty twenty four. So later on this year, there was this was the time to be renegotiating and keeping those relationships and keeping that money coming in. Mm -hmm. So. And so that's to be figured out about also making the deals with potential buyers. Because I think that was a as a major reason as to why WWE was firing so many people over the pandemic. The idea of stripping down assets to prepare the company for sale. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know where this came in. I don't know what, what point in his life Vince decided to go from this will be a business inherited by my children to fuck it, let's sell it. Who knows at yeah. this point. It'd be something like, huh, I didn't inherit it, I bought it. So someone else can buy it. If my, yeah. if my kids can come up with the money, they can buy it too. Hopefully, hopefully, collectively, Triple H and Stephanie can buy it. Maybe you never know. Triple H, Stephanie, and Nick, Nick Khan. Nick Khan. Right. Yeah. Not Tony Khan. Not Tony Khan. We don't want him touching it because no. So Vince sends a letter, basically saying like, like, 
it's important. Really outlining how he feels it would be important for him to be involved on the board in some way to oversee the media rights negotiations and the potential sale of the company and blah blah blah. Mm, I I once you're finished your mm. still here, I have some thoughts on that, but yeah. I'll let you yeah. continue. But uh, the mm. WWE board sent a letter back to Vince with a tone that said no, that, that tone <laughs> that's, that has the same sense of. You invite someone to your party because they found out you're having a party. And you said, oh, yeah, if you want to come, we'd love to have you there. But secretly, you're hoping they say no. You're like, and you try and think of, you try and implant ways to make it's their idea. Like, you try and make them like, oh, you'd love to be him, but Johnny's going to be there. And I really don't like Johnny. And Johnny finds that you're going to be there. He might not come. Mm. And Johnny might not bring Stacey if he doesn't go. And everybody loves Stacey. And I don't know who John and Stacey are, but I'm making them up. I'm a, I know. They're hypothetical people on the board. Them. Yeah. So... Basically, they pointed out that how basically with the allegations are still very much a thing. They feel it would be unwise for him to rejoin at this time, and also the fact that Vince hadn't hadn't paid back a lot of the money that he had supposedly taken out of the company. But like, really, he said it was so money, but really at this point, Vince money is WRB money at this stage. Mm-hmm. And then Vince pretty much sent a letter with an undercurrent of very much aggression in, in his letter in that. He's basically like, I do not feel that these reasons are, should prevent me from coming in. Basically threatening to hold the company hostage in that, you know, I am still majority shareholder and so I can have I cannot approve final decisions and negotiations with media rights and sales and shit like that. So basically I can, I can be on board and help make, fi- make a final approvals or I can basically hold you up and make this very difficult for you. Personally, if it was me, yes, I would have rather it be very difficult than mm-hmm. actually have him there. I think they dropped the ball on that one. Mm-hmm. I would have dealt with the difficulty yeah. rather than have him back in the company. And also, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Vince, as you well, as many people yeah. claim, is this wise and wonderful businessman. I don't think wise, ruthless is ruthless more. businessman, right? Does he really believe in his own fucking head? That he is best on that board with everything hanging over his skull. I think he does. You know, but also, from what I hear, mm-hmm. his aggressive stance on trying to get his ass back on the board mm-hmm. may come back to bite him in the ass. Mm-hmm. Because I heard recently that not only has he had to pay out money in a settlement mm-hmm. to a referee, a former female referee. We are chattering. Yeah, he paid out to her. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, another board member has started a case against him for his aggressive stance well, and his way in getting back on the board. A couple of different board members have, because apparently Vince t- removed two or three members of the board when he came back in through a clause that basically said he didn't need to give a justification for removing them and brought back two former board members, one with George Barrios, and I can't remember the name of the female one he brought back. Mm. What's interesting about those two, they were both, they both were joint presidents of WWE... Uh, up until 2019, mm-hmm. they were both let go, and their position was combined into one person being president of the WWE. And who was that pre- that role given to? Nick Khan. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. But, and then, so they're brought in, and basically they're there to be yes people. Yeah, yes people. <laughs> basically, because then I vote. Don't, don't be woke, so is, the term is yes men. They are yes. yes men. A yes man and a yes woman. There you go. Yes cunts. Yes. Well, they are cunts if they're staying with him. Cody and wee bitches. Yes. Stooges. See, that, that, 
Bitches can be a universal and gender-neutral term. <laughs> They're the boardroom equivalent of his stitches. There you go, because basically they were there because they would vote for Vince, and because cause then there was a, a vote, and you know, and the words of gender, unanimous, fucking unanimous. Where, fucking bag me. Well, in fact, they didn't bag him, they put him back in his fucking chairman of the board, and he still has the majority shareholder position in terms of the stock and everything. And one or two other members basically left because they couldn't be, didn't want to deal with them. One of them was one of the people leading the internal investigation against Vince. Not only is he back, one of the people leading one of the investigations into his misconduct is now just gone. Then, one of the best examples I heard about people talking about, one of the best like interrogations of people talking about this is uh, when people talk about both WWE, Stephanie, Triple H, basically all putting out statements about how nice it was to have Vince back. And they said how very much gritted teeth it sounded if you actually read them, like, we're so happy to have him back. Right, we can't wait until he goes <laughs> away again. Excuse <coughs> Scott, he's just coughing his lungs up. So Vince comes back in and he wants to sell the company. And now here's another issue. It started a whole thing on Twitter about basically doing your due diligence as a journalist and whether, how much you should believe wrestling-related media, but basically, reports come out about WWE dealing with the Saudi Public Investment Fund, mm. who also own uh, Newcastle Football Club. Mm-hmm. Which was funny enough, because when this came out, Paddy Power had a great tweet saying, like, WWE is doing a negotiation with the public Saudi Public Investment Fund. An unrelated story, Newcastle United have announced the settings of Ric Flair, The Rock, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, every so often Paddy Power comes out with a really good treat because you know someone who has access to that as a wrestling fan. But again, it shows they could have named anybody, but the fact that the guy also mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow there knows whoever's doing that, that guy knows he's shit. Nobody gives respect to Bam Bam anymore. Fucking should do. I know. The guy was on legend. The guy was just as fucking athletic, if not maybe even more so than Vader. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many times you ever see Vader doing a bloody forward roll in the middle of the ring. But Bam Bam could. Bam Bam was great. See, when he was at his peak, Bam Bam was great, man. Fucking, the dub wasted him. WCW mm. was better to fucking Bam Bam. Even ECW became an ECW tag and world champion at one point. Actually, I think he held all three belts in mm. ECW. World TV and mm-hmm. tag. Beat Taz for the TV belt. He had a very long feud with Taz for the TV belt. Nice. Basically, because also he worked for Shane Douglas, a henchman for Shane who was the world champion Taz when they get to. So he was basically like, Taz had to get through Bam Bam to get to... To Douglas. Bam, 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 bam. But the whole thing with the uh, the Saudi investment fund, basically, it's the fact that it came out initially as not that there was dealings or there was a potential of a sale, but basically the reports made out like the sale has been done. Mm. That now the Saudi public investment but fund owned, and everybody freaks the fuck out. The report it. did come from Sports Key DLO, which tends to have. Them and a few other places which aren't always... They are brainless. I mean, fuck's it, they always post fucking Russo quotes on Facebook. And I think zone was well, and like basically they, they said they claimed it came from a Reddit user who's been reliable to them before, so there's nothing nothing against like relieving a source that's been believable and been right in the past, but... And then it was when the fact when, when bigger, more reputable people like Meltzer, Alvarez and Sean Ross of Faithful yeah. basically start coming and say like, We've been speaking to people, we have not got a single bit of confirmation that this is a thing. 
a lot of a lot of people were supporting Sami Zayn that day when they thought the Saudis had bought the company because obviously Sami, given his Muslim his Syrian heritage, has not been allowed to ever go over to Saudi Arabia. Mm, an MVP who's a yeah. former Muslim who in in Saudi Arabia would be killed for that. What's interesting enough is that obviously you can tell it's still like there's people who don't care about that in Saudi Arabia because remember when the Usos went over most recently, despite Sami not being allowed to go in there during their tag match against the Brown Brutes. There were all these people who were in the ring here ch- chanting Sammy, Sammy, <laughs> which was very nice. But so it ended up Kimberts being debunked after that, and even Nick Khan came out came out and said that this was this was one hundred percent false. Yeah, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And but Vince has been talking to them. We do know that, and supposedly the fact that this came out so long after so soon after Vince came in implies that Vince had secretly been talking to the Saudi investment fund which while pro- he was away. Which probably means that Vince came in with that in his mind and quickly got told, nah, we're no fucking doing that. And they're like, cause like they're, having, they're having meetings with people, Nick Khan's been meeting with all sorts of people. Mm. He is like the lone CEO now of, of WAE because Stephanie has stepped down. Yeah. I think it I think it was a case of like she tried to take a leave of absence last year and Vince had to step down, we thought temporarily, so she stepped in and then it ended up being a semi-permanent thing because Vince was ousted. So yeah. then she, alongside Nick Cannon, to so now I think it was a case of like she then decides, okay, well Vince is back now. Do you feel maybe she, in her own way, thinks the company's in a strong enough position if Vince isn't getting involved in creative that she could finally take take her step away? And she just stay, be at home and be a mother like she be, wanted to be. Yeah, and she also wanted to take advantage of as much time she could away with family because obviously Vince Triple H had had those. Health issues where they, they generally yeah. thought it was a strong possibility he could have he, he could have died. Could have died, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which was it was a shocking thing at the yeah. time, considering which a health conscious guy he is, and yeah. just a, a family defect. You know, I know, like fitness freak. You know, he never never tried, never done drugs, unlike many of his, his many colleagues. of his friends and colleagues. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing a picture of him on the cover of that Muscle and Fitness man. Mm-hmm. He was fucking, yeah. you know. What I mean? <laughs> Because you can tell it was sizing, he probably still yeah. works out. He just doesn't oh, yeah. wrestle. He just has to, he has to, has to do it in moderation now for the good of his for the good his of his health. health. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that fixed itself. Yeah. Cause I was worried about him at the time. Yeah. Well, so they have been talking to people. Everything like Dick Khan's been speaking to people at Disney, Fox, Comcast, people all like that, and there's all sorts of implications here. Comcast, from what I've heard, are the people who own NBC Universal, which mm. is where you get the Peacock streaming service where in the US yeah. the network is, and then NBC Universal who own the USA Network, where oh, we're all really? in NXT here and have a long history with the WWE. Yeah, and so from what I heard, if you if people are hopeful for things to remain somewhat the same under new owners, then your best bet is to hope that Comcast buy it. Yeah, because the only real change there. One of the only changes that may have been may be made there is the potential for SmackDown to once the Fox deal is up to move to USA, so they can have all the shows yeah. maybe under the one umbrella. Which would also, if it is bought by Fox or by Comcast, that would basically mean they would never really have to worry about about right TV rights deals because they just constantly renew them because the parent company who owns that who to be also owns this, the networks that they air on. Yeah, let me ask though, mm-hmm. if Vince does indeed sell the company. Mm-hmm. Does that mean his shares go with that? I'm not the biggest person. I'm taking a lot of this from people who know more about business than I. I would have, I would have assumed whoever's in the head of whatever corporation or company or media company that buys WWE, being in control and ownership of the company, whoever is at the top of them, 
in turn becomes majority would own the majority share of the company, which means Vince wouldn't be the majority shareholder anymore. Good. It doesn't mean Vince wouldn't have a share. But he wouldn't be the majority, which means he wouldn't have the fucking final word on everything. I think, I think in a sense, yes, because more often than not, when companies like this get by WWE and like the all, all the thing is they're buying IP and intellectual property, so it means they would own WWE's whole back catalogue of, of wrestling. Yeah, and WCW. On the, everything on the network. And everything. This wouldn't have, maybe hopefully it wouldn't happen, but a lot of people have been saying prepare for this possibility. If it did happen, if WWE wasn't making the money, then maybe whoever the new owners wanted to, if they wanted to, they could just stop doing Raw and SmackDown and just live off the IP and the network, which means we wouldn't get new wrestling, which would I, you, you would hope it wouldn't happen, but yeah. like, because... In a lot of ways, it's like WWE, if it continues on this way, it's been making money for selling out fucking Clash at the Castle, fucking like Survivor Series, WrestleMania, selling out ages in advance. Yeah. They're doing the fucking Alamo Dome again for fucking yeah, the Royal Rumble, Rumble this Sunday. And Sean's home state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unlike 1997, they don't have to worry about filming it from what I've heard, so... In a lot of ways... Yeah, because Alwood Dome was 97, wasn't it? Yeah, but they, they only went back in 2017 and then back here again. Yeah. <laughs> What's ironic is uh, they went to San Antonio again in 2007, but they didn't go to the Alamo Dome. So, they, but they went to San... They went, for, went to San Alamo Dome for 2017-97. So, for a 10-year spent from 97, then 10 years later, 2007, then 10 years later, 2017, mm. they went to the fucking... They went to San Antonio... <laughs> Which is funny. So yeah, there's all sorts of people. I'm gonna put this out there because it's not happening. But the rumor of the cans, as in Tony and his dad, find it. It's not happening, guys. No. Don't, even even thinking about it, usually for a second, is not happening. It makes your skin crawl a little, doesn't it? But you know, I mean, they would have the money for it because it was before when AEW came out when, when people were thinking more about the can when AEW was launched it came out that Sadiq can the other Tony can his worth is actually higher than Vince's hmm. I don't know if that's still the case but you know Fed the Man also runs the Jaguar Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham Football Club and has all these other outside ventures what if Elon Musk buys it fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Tell that creepy bastard to fuck off. That creepy robot. Aye. <laughs> talk. I've heard companies say we've lost our stocks gone down because because anyone can buy a blue tech, you can't verify people anymore. So people can pretend to be us and to cause our fucking Aye. stock to go down. <laughs> Which is a scary thought, but you know. Yeah. Going back to the cans, like one of the best reasons why this isn't gonna happen but also also shouldn't happen mm-hmm. is that also these in terms of money behind them, roster size, TV, and all that other shit, are basically the number one and number two companies in the world, wrestling-wise. And so the idea of them doing any sort of merger, there's already people on both rosters individually that can't get time, and so combining them would fuck up a lot more other people, which means to cut down on the roster size, even with Ring of Honor also being owned by Tony, uh, would mean... Having to let a lot of people go, which then means that other, you know, be as many other options. I mean, yes, some guys can go to Japan and Impact and places like that, but mm. there may not be other places that are as viable and a long term thing for guys to get paid. And one of the biggest things I heard, one of the best things I heard about this was Tom, from Tom from Colorholic saying that the, these two merging would have the same impact on the wrestling landscape as when WCW closed. Mm. And not having another viable number two alternative to go to, because 
that was part of the reason AEW was formed to like yes there are other companies other than WWE you can go to but like having one similar to the size of WWE in terms of TV setup and production to be featured regularly on, on television having that other alternative to go to with why AEW set up like which is why they do have quite a few people who were only well, a lot of people were let go and then they went over over to Tony and they said oh we got all this freedom but we can also be on television we'll go here and some people did go impact but it's a case of is that for merging AEW and WWE together would cause more harm than good to wrestling overall is basically it what I'm really trying to get would. with. It really would. Mm-hmm. The one thing uh, the one thing I have noticed in regards and I'm not talking WWE here. Mm-hmm. Just talking wrestling in general and particularly yeah. our preferred company. Mm-hmm. You know. But I have noticed some chit chat on Facebook recently mm-hmm. it seems to me that eyes are starting to go more on impact people are starting to pay attention now and like a couple of years ago when like Kenny was, was coming more regular people were asking oh now I need to figure out how to watch impact but like impact wasn't hiding in a sense but like yeah access isn't the biggest channel in America but like no, internationally from that standpoint I don't think impact's been easier to watch I mean it's on YouTube for god's sake yeah also the not- whole Ultimate Insiders thing it's not hard to find if you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Impact could get a better TV deal in the UK, I think that would help it significantly than well, just the YouTube. Because, like, yeah, it's great to be on YouTube and there's all these other benefits you can get with it, but I think having more of a TV presence would help it as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll say just briefly, by the way, Brian was very fond of his Christmas present, which finally showed up. His, he got a T-shirt of the design. Nice. Yeah. And, you know... That, that lets me do a pleasant little segue into the, the, present, the present that you got for me, Scott. I got a cameo from Joe Hendry. <laughs> and it was called, from, in Joe Hendry's dulcet tones himself, from my best friend. Now, I should mention, like, you may put certain things there, like, why you, what, what reason, who are you getting this cameo for, but the name from, so-and-so. And relationship to the person, the occasion that you're giving it for them, like Christmas, yeah. birthday, thing like that. And you can fill a wee bit of info in and then let them take it from there. Yeah. I just I just put friend, by the way. That whole best friend thing was him, by uh, the way. I don't, I'm not so egotistical, like, to let Paul knows is from his best friend. No, I just like that, like, your best friend. Again, I didn't tell him to sing either. He just, he just did he that. He sings himself. because he's Joe Hendry. He sings he because is, he's Joe Hendry. He is an inspirational... Which yeah, actually, maybe I'll put a bit of the audio from it somewhere oh, in this episode. But like, he he puts he, he puts me over as more as much as he does you. Just like he really does. He's cool. Puts me over. Puts you over. Puts Brian over. He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Them, I mentioned Brian as well because also that's the thing you guys do together is watch Impact Wrestling. Yep, but no, Joe Hendry. Although I've got to say, I'm mildly disappointed. We have said his name name several times now. He's not appeared. He's not appeared yet. What are you taking a shit? What the hell? Are you having a beer or something, man? What the hell? Well, he's probably in America. Like we're still recording this in the twenty. Like, said your name, but I'm in the toilet. Give me a chance to wipe my ass. <laughs> you want him to appear, but you don't want him to appear with a dusty ass. <laughs> then again, actually, we're recording this on the twentieth of January, so tonight and tomorrow, actually, they are doing a taping of Impact. That will lead them all the way up to no surrender on the twenty fourth, which nice. is in Sam, which is they're going back to Samstown, Samstown in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
When are we gonna come here? I don't know, Rex. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I'd go to an Impact <laughs> show. I don't even. I don't even have any great desire to go to a live wrestling show. I prefer to. I'm one of these weird fucks that likes to watch it mm -hmm. on the telly. But I'd go to an Impact show. Yeah. I would pay the ticket money and the exorbitant beer prices and for the merchandise. Why? Oh, I would go. <laughs> I would. I would pay for a VIP fucking ticket so I could go and meet them and go. You guys are awesome. <laughs> you are wrestling gods, every one of you. <laughs> Fuck those other companies. Impact. <laughs> yeah, impact. He even made a wee impact pun on his cameo. Mm. <laughs> I what the heck? And he went. See how I got impact in there. <laughs> Had the Impact Digital Media Championship over his shoulder. Uh, the thing was, right, he said at the end of it, he's like, hopefully I'll see you at an Impact show and we got a photo with a belt. I'm like, how? When are you coming here? How are we going to get to see you? Well, it is, I know where we're from. You don't, you're not required to put that in your cameo. Okay, I, know, I, I know, I know, but fucking hell, Impact, come on. Surely you can afford the bus fare. <laughs> get out of here. I mean... Easy enough, we could meet Joe Ender if we went to a show in Scotland when he's back over because he's always done in bloody place like Edinburgh Discovery Wrestling where he's currently the champion as right, well. That's it. Next time Joe Hendry's in Scotland, we're going to go see him. Right. I, I tell you about the photo my pal Claggy sent me, who's a ring announcer. He does ring announcer for Discovery as well, sitting there with the Discovery Wrestling belt on one part of his lap, the digital media championship. And me and my brother, like, my brother said to me, like, and I agreed to him, like, I've never been jealous of your career as a ring announcer. No, no, holy. Good for you for getting that and everything, but you getting to be there with your engine holding an impact wrestling belt. Yeah. <laughs> dirty jammy bastard. Uh, I don't, I there's so many people I'd love to meet for impact wrestling. I'd love to meet Joe. And just because the fact she's, simple fact she's a fucking legend, I'd love to meet Mickey James. Mm -hmm. She, I bet she would have some fucking cool fucking stories because she's been yeah. at EC dub, impact, mm -hmm. WWE. She's a legend in the women's wrestling, you know? Oh, Chance you might, if she was there, you could meet Gail Kim. Mm -hmm. You know, you could meet Masha. <laughs> that'd be cool as fuck. You could meet Callahan <laughs> and Dino and fucking so many cool wrestlers, man. Yeah. You could meet the Swingman <laughs> and Ziggy Dice. Well, I know you're a miss and all that. No, so. I'd be like, I'd be like that. I'd go like, hey, <laughs> daddy <-o." laughs> you know? That'd be cool. A picture of the swing man, Daddy. You got to pay up front. I'd, I'd, I'd throw that green in his hand, man. I'd like, there you go, Daddy O. You'd give him weed. Yeah, man. I'd give him some weed. There's other types of green. It. I would pay him in the Benjamins, you know. Is there anybody you wouldn't want to be in the Empire Rose, or would you just be like happy as the air because oh, they're on impact? I think I'd just be stoked. I'd, yeah. be like, I'd be like an excited child, you know. Even if you talk shit on the show, you suddenly meet them like, ah, it's you. Aye. It's you. When I'm watching you, I don't like you, but you're here and you're, you're there and I well, like you. I've said some things to you, but I won't say it here because you could battle me. What one's that? Oh, you, any, it's you saying it to anybody. Like, I've said some things to you in the show, but I won't say them to your face because you could fucking battle me. I'll be honest, if there was, if there was certain wrestlers that I have mentioned my dislike for, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say anything, but if i seen some of them, I would probably just look at them and go, <laughs> like, I don't want you fucking bitch. Go away. Like for example, and I'm not going to say any names, but for example, if I if I met Mrs. Mm -hmm. I would just go. 
Aye. Let's, let's see you cut a promo. Oh, wait. You can't. I can cut a better one drunk. Well, I'd like to see you try that, so... I will. <laughs> I will. But I've not even really had anything to drink yet. Oh, oh wait a second. Well, these guys are first. We'll fucking see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know well, I... mean, Gene, let me tell you something. I've not had much of us can yet. Oh. I'll be up here behind. <laughs> I'm joking. But it does look like... Uh, well, Sword Play just basically tried to assure people that you know, Vince is not getting involved here. I'm just trying to go back to where we were originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're to assure everybody that he's no that in creative. By the way, weirdly enough, the WWE stock started going up when they thought the company was being sold, which is interesting enough. I think that's also a strategy of Vince trying to raise the stock. And mm. also, it's the idea that basically he's trying to get involved in the sale company because if it did get sold, then after it selling, it'd be harder for him to get back in the boardroom. Mm. And like I've even seen reports from people saying that if someone like a Disney or one of those companies bought it, it would hard it'd be hard to comprehend them wanting Vince involved in any capacity. Would would that make would that make Rhea Ripley a Disney princess? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean might be weird funny to see some cross promotion, some Disney Plus exclusive like TV shows given that they own Star Wars and Marvel seeing some WWE Crossover, just people randomly showing up in Disney-related projects. I don't know if I would enjoy that. You know, I mean, if anyone's interested in the acting, they think, like, we're owned by Disney, we can, I can be in a Disney thing. A lot of them can act, though. You know, I'm just making a suggestion <laughs> I'm just here. making jokes, man. I'm just, just making, making jokes, I'm not cutting into your thought process. I'm just like, oh, I'm a suggestion, no. Alright then, that's me told then. Well, if that's how you want to take it, well, I like as you told. That's your tone, like, no, I do not want that. I am Paul and I am angry. <laughs> yes. Yes. Much anger. Much. <laughs> don't you Don't you see the rage building in my eyes? Also, I don't buy the whole thing that some people have said that, oh, if Disney bought it, that means that we would say PG forever. Like, not necessarily. I don't believe that's the thing. No. I mean... It'd be cool if Disney had bought it, which means the WWE Network would be integrated with Disney+. Plus. Because for one thing, I'd hope it'd be an easier transition than what I've heard. People in America talk about how WWE's bloody transition onto bloody Peacock. Yeah, and more of a bloody point. You know, I I was always one that was like, oh, fucking, where's the maturity? Where's the, all this and that? But you know what? See the way it is, you know? Uh-huh. It's fine. <laughs> because, you know... Triple H has done that one thing that that old fuck nugget wouldn't he do? He's introduced a wee bit more in. Mm-hmm. He's pushing the envelope as far as he can push it. Yeah. And that's good. You don't need insane fucking yeah. chair shots to the skull and people bleeding all the fucking place yeah. to sell a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. You know? You just need what Triple H and Sean and the powers that be that don't include you, you old cunt. Mm-hmm. Vince. But the powers that be in the creative sense, right, have put it in such a way where you don't need any gratuitous fucking blood or violent shit or any madness like that. You just need good storytelling and good mm-hmm. wrestling. And at the minute, thankfully, that is what creatively the WWE have got. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember like a, a year, 
maybe a year ago, okay. we were shitting on the WWE saying this is garbage, fuck that, Impact number one, only one. Mm-hmm. Now we're going, Impact number one, that dubs a close second, yeah. no bad. Like, it's the idea like Disney Plus, if WWE Network was on there, because like, like, Disney Plus has only been around for a few years, but it's already become the number two streaming platform in the world, streaming service in the world by Netflix, mm. because... What if Netflix bought it? I mean, because, like, also because of also the properties that Disney also owns and the original content they're able to make because of that. Mm. But also because they own Fox, there's all sorts of Fox related properties and movies they put under their star kind of banner, which includes a lot of action. Disney own Fox? Yes, they do. Well, oh. 20th Century Fox. Oh, right, right, right. right. I, technically, a Fox, I don't know the same Fox that has SmackDown is under their banner as well, but I, I don't know. They own 20th Century Fox. But uh, which means also they're able to show Family Guy and American Dad on them because they are on Fox in America. Yeah, so there's a lot of mature stuff on Disney Plus under that banner of Fox and their Star kind of band, which is a lot of action movies and everything. Yeah, and there's even got some R-rated superhero movies like Deadpool and that Hugh Jackman Logan movie. So you can have your mature stuff on there and also your family friendly stuff. But also, so you can have like the the old stuff on the W from the W Network on Disney Plus. And not changing, like, I guess, like you said, like, introducing it slowly, but also introducing, making the company and changing the career that we Triple H has in a way that is creatively entertaining enough that you don't need to excessively yeah. include violence, swearing and blood and everything. It's just, just tell us a good enough story and we'll, and we'll enjoy it. Like, the thing that, I mean, when I was younger, I enjoyed, like, all the blood and the vicious shit, like... With Dudleys of my jam, you know what I mean? They were violent motherfuckers, man. They would, would beat fuck out of people. But the older I got, the more I appreciate. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I appreciate people like Bray Wyatt so much. Yeah. And Sami Zayn and this whole, like, honorary yeah. story and this thing with LA Knight. I'm, for the amount of bitches bitching about, oh, this is taking so long. And, oh, that's the fucking social media generation. See if you actually appreciate wrestling. Like professional wrestling, the way you should, you appreciate a good long story, mm-hmm. good slow bomb, a good build, you know. Like how I got the name of Kane's entrance music into that. Slow, was it slow bomb or slow, slow chemical? chemical? That was the one. <laughs> ah, fucking same difference. But uh, again, again, if you're worried about fucking content going on the network, uh, if it went on Disney Plus, there is such a thing as parental controls. If you you, what one person may not want to watch someone someone else can it was your it's own, it's your own decision, yeah. So it's, it's a weird thing. They're actually talking about the W potentially being sold by by this by SummerSlam, potentially. Should be fucking weird. Yeah. But like, it does seem like it may be hopefully be a case of oh, like if new owners coming in, like they're buying the intellectual property and the work what that's worth and everything, which is still worth quite a lot. But the idea of like leaving some people in charge that are still there to run the business side, maybe a Nick can, hopefully not Vince, and people who know what they're doing have a track proven track record to run creative, i.e. Triple H. Mm. Because you think the new owners coming in, they really are serious about it, they do the deals and look at the product and look at the their target market and consumer and blah blah blah, all these other business business terms. But the idea of like seeing what WWE's been like since Triple H took over, seeing the positives and seeing how that's benefited the company financially, and and I think that would tell anybody with a with half a brain coming in business wise when they want we need somebody to take over the creative side now that we've owned this we own this wrestling company 
and think these guys like Triple H knows what he's doing. Let's let him do his thing as long as we can get final approval on major decisions that affect the company as a whole. Yeah. Because <laughs> that does seem to be a thing with, from what I've heard, I don't know about football, but talking about the Saudi investment fund buying Newcastle, supposedly they, 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 they left in a team who know about football, they left them to do their thing, and some people say not much has changed after the Saudis bought Just Newcastle. Newcastle have a better league position and more money now. Mm-hmm. And it's to say, because like, like, it's like 7.4... Between seven point four and eight point two, supposedly billion is what WWE might go for, and you see the come much. Yes, it's in the billions that WWE might go for. I know that I know this is one of this is going to become one of our weird rant and tangents mm-hmm. that we do. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical question: Say you woke up mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, uh-huh. and through some fucking weird miracle, a distant rich relative going insane and dying or some shit, right? Say you woke up, and you went and put your card in the bank machine, and the bank balance had a billion quid. Uh-huh. First reactions. Fucking hell, what did that happen? Who is this rich uncle I did not know about? The first thing I would think was, is this a mistake? Yeah, well, there's that as well. Because... But if you go to the bank and they tell you, nah, it's no mistake, somebody's paid that into your account and legit, I've got to say, I would freak. I think if I had the, if I had over a billion dollars to bank, I would be tempted to buy some stock in WWE. Just to see what happened, because like, the sale would have just drew the stock up, so buying it here and then if it gets higher up in the new owners and it's making money and the, the shares are worth a lot and I find someone else who's willing to buy my shares and I sell it off, I make more money back. I, mind you, I'd have to consult someone who knows more about fucking trading and all that shit. You know what I would do? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would call this the height of insanity. Most probably. Mm-hmm. I would personally keep a hundred million pounds for myself. Because uh-huh. I think a person could quite easily live comfortably with a hundred million quid in their account. Probably. The rest of it? Uh-huh. I would give to Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about you blowing a bunch of money on on other stuff and keeping a ceremony. You said you said you could, you know you can live on. Yeah. Now I would give the bulk of my billion to Impact Wrestling so they could go. Na 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 na. Now you've got some money. Na 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 na. Well, yeah. I, I thought originally I thought it was a bit low that you know. 7.4 between 8, 7.4 and 8.2 billion, but there you go, it is in the billion, so it's high enough. You see, I think it's pretty good considering at the minute I've got a quid in my bank account, so. And to keep in the fact that WCW was nowhere near the billions when WRE bought it back in the day. Yeah, well, maybe when it was at its peak. Legit, somewhere between 2 and 5 million is what WCW was bought for. When it was more, when when it was in the hundreds of millions worth, the year before they'd bought it. Yeah. But thanks to Vince Russo, mm. Vince McMahon got it on the cheap. Yeah, very much. And thanks to them not thinking it was a good idea to sell it to Eric Bischoff. Well, my point is, all these companies are in the hundred and seventy or hundred eighty odd billion dollars yeah, yeah. in terms of their worth. Like these media companies, so at least. So basically, as somebody pointed out, 
to buy dairy for some of these companies is a case of pocket change. Like it's only a small chunk of what yeah, they're worth. Yeah. So they'd have the cash available to buy it, and if WWE keep they maintain Triple H in charge, WWE keeps on the upper trajectory it's been on, they would more than more than more than likely make that money back. Oh, yeah, within yeah. a year or two, if it keeps up. And I think a big way for WWE make money back or invest people who buy it to make money back is to continue this whole keep on the strategy of going international and like doing pay-per-views overseas because there's that you can pay for like meet and greets when you go over and do all these events around yeah, it yeah. and fans will pay the money if you're in an area that doesn't get WWE more than a couple of times a year and mostly through live events. Yeah. Do you know one of the funniest ones I've ever seen? I thought it was funny sweet kind of. Yeah. But I was watching one of my wrestling videotapes yeah. a while back and it was it had footage of like a like a wrestling fan convention thing, mm-hmm. right? And this last day went up to meet the Undertaker mm-hmm. and she gave him gave him a picture of him to get signed in that and she was all weeping and that and he was like sitting there and he was signing a picture and he's like, Oh, calm calm down now, you don't need to cry about it. You know, he's like, it's cool, it's cool, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a dude, you know, you don't need to cry about it. Yeah. I think that was at the same one, we had a, <laughs> we had an actual bronze statue of Stacey Kleebler's butt and legs for fans to take pictures of, going, nah. wonder if was it, that was probably Vince's idea. Huh. Sit right up, all you creepy bastards here to touch this right. weird... It's brought out like a woman's ass. Come and feel up, come and feel up, Stacey Keebler's ass. Well, a real woman, I'll let you touch her. Please come touch the statue. Yeah. Make her feel more uncomfortable. Let her stand next to her arse. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not weird at all. I'm standing next to a statue of my own arse. No, no, not at all. I mean, I think that was just a wee while before she was, you know, shouting about test testicles. <laughs> But she felt like a right arse day. <laughs> and it's like, and they're unveiling Tess's t shirt called I. Don't know how much she loves his fans, that like, I love my testicles. I'd <laughs> 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 be a bad, that'd be a bad Christmas gift for a eunuch. Here, here's one last bit of fucked up news before we go on to something more positive. Uh, let's talk a bit more about Jay Briscoe. Obviously, the the good words have been coming in from people who knew him. And yeah, as I said to you already, yeah. I'd read uh, Seth Rollins' comments yeah. on it, and it was really quite. It was it was mm-hmm. somber, but it was yeah. really good words he said. And Sami Zayn, Sami followed up with a photo from like a few years ago. I think it was like twenty sixteen. Him hugging yeah. Briscoe, saying like we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years, and I saw him at a waffle house, and we we're all laughing and hugging. But, uh, before we even said anything, yeah. we we're just palling about and having yeah. a good laugh and. Mm-hmm. No, and I saw that uh, moving. It's a two-minute clip on Twitter of a uh, Ring of Honor commentator Ian Riccavani talking about addressing the kind of things about the uh, about Jay Briscoe from before and about how like yes, he and, and Mark had, had said some things in regards to to gay people in the past. Like, but they said like they were saying it because they were from a religious family that. They were saying what they felt was true to their beliefs. Yeah. But, like, I said, I haven't seen many people like them who were so willing to 
talk about these things that supposedly went against the Louis and were willing to have their beliefs challenged and have more of an understanding. Mm. And uh, like even though he said he was against the idea of his kids being taught about gay people, he also supposedly, sometime after that, said he had a treat because he lives in Delaware, and when Delaware passed the bill to allow gays to get married, that's it, he tweeted, sent a tweet out about how happy he was about this. And no. I think, again, he was, he was willing to repent and, like, learn about tolerance and everything. No, just and he d- it was shown to, like, he showed he did kind of regret in a lot of ways the things he said. No, just because you're raised a certain way doesn't yeah. mean you can't even bet yourself, yeah. you know. Cause it doesn't take, it doesn't take anything just to be decent. He was, for what I hear and for yeah. what I've read, a very decent man. I mean, fair enough, if someone says something that are very hateful against a certain group, but then show and regularly show no remorse or any willing to come around or see mm. another view, oh, like, fair enough, can fair enough condone them but if someone's if you're if someone's able to reach out or you, or at least when someone disagrees with your viewpoint try and reason with them and don't immediately hate yeah. them if they will not if they will constantly meet you resistance or be an arsehole of you about it then fair enough set yeah. throw some hate on them but i mean i i use myself an example yeah. i'm a gay man i knew about the tweets and things i saw them in impact wrestling the first thought i had was Holy shit, this is cool. Yeah. And then we won the titles, and I was like, holy shit, the Briscoes are led back champions. Fuck. Yeah. And I can see why they didn't sign, which I would have liked to see, but I think it was a case of Tony had bought Ring of Honor, and obviously Br- Br- Briscoes had been around with Ring of Honor almost since the very beginning, so I think it was important for Tony felt it was important to have the Briscoes involved in Ring of Honor, which is why he signed them to Ring of Honor contracts, because. Warner Media basically wouldn't allow them to have the Briscoes on AEW TV because someone bitched about it. Well, people within Warner found out about his history, and also that's a case of finding out about the acts someone done and not about the blanks that he went to to repent to for repent his. On it. See, that's that's the sad fact about this fucking culture we live in nowadays. Well, the minute somebody says anything slightly different to the norm, they are fucking mm-hmm. pilloried and. Fucking put in the stockade forever. You know what I mean? No one's, no one in this world nowadays is allowed any kind of leeway. You know, you've said it. You're fucked. It's not a case of you've said it. You've <laughs> took it back and you've done your best to build relationships. Because I mean, I was, I heard story like lots of. There was even gay wrestlers that said yeah. that he was nothing but a gentleman. Like, I talked to you about it on the, We talked about Jay's death on the SmackDown podcast. We did not too long yeah, ago. Yeah. And I mentioned Effie talking about it, where he said he showed me tolerance and when people warned me. But then even Maxine Taylor, who we've seen impact, the non-binary wrestler, who's also said that they not got nothing yeah. but that could vibe from 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 Jane with nothing but understanding from well, you. And I I only say this right because I I, I struggle sometimes uh-huh. with this, but I just say what I see right. Uh-huh. And apologies to her and anybody of yeah. that persuasion. Yeah, but. And I think I said she just then without even thinking about it, but yeah. she looks like a big... Mm-hmm. I, see, I can't help it. It's, yeah, and I, that's, I, I, that's I, I, the thing. It. Like, you know, you 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 can't help how your, your mind works at times, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that Maxley and Paylor, big, beastie fucking thing, man. I thought that they were... Yeah. They were pretty... I would have liked to have seen them again, you know? Yeah. I, uh... I very much am a subscriber to the belief this the the line a thing that Russell Howard once said in a uh, a Netflix special he did last year. Mm. Uh, 
or the year before, I can't remember, but it was uh, it was one of his first big shows he did after COVID and everything. But he basically said, like, I am I am fine with calling you by what pronoun you want to you want me to just just please don't yell at me if I get it wrong. <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm a bit slow in learning new things. Mm. That's like because sometimes there are people who are willing to understand and call you by a surname, but they might forget. And then there are people who just for whatever reason refuse to. Just don't tire everyone when they say the wrong thing when they say brush. See, yeah. give them a few more chances. If they're still getting it wrong, maybe it's because they're just being a dickhead and not wanting to do well, it. Maybe they're just, you know, honestly forgetful. Maybe yeah. they just see people as people. Yeah. I mean, there's another one. I'm, like, I can use my habit, right? Yeah. Especially when I was younger, my habit, yeah. guy or chick or yeah. whatever the fuck you want to be, right? Uh huh. I just called everyone dude. Yeah. You know, whether you're a chick, a fucking dude, a, you know, mm-hmm. fucking pineapple penguin, whatever the fuck you want to be, you know what I mean? But I just I just called everyone dude or mm-hmm. man, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I just go, ah, oh, dude, or oh, man, or... Oh. I, I call groups of people just guys, even if there's girls involved, didn't they? Oh, sorry, mate, you see two guys there? No. Like, oh, exactly, mate. <laughs> Hey guy, no! <laughs> I remember in school I said I did get yelled at by, uh, well, not yelled at, but I very I got very t- firmly talked at by a by a girl. Why? I was in, I was in a, I was paired in a group with a group of girls, and I said guys, as in just a general term. Aye. And I got yelled at. This was this was in the mid two thousands, by the way. So I don't think it was the same reason nowadays. I was just told we're no guys like. Yeah, no, but I meant just in general, and I just right then I was not I was I didn't have the confidence to argue when someone called me really? and shit like that. Nah, I'd, if anybody had bitched at me about that game, I think I'd be like, well, I'll just say that, <laughs> just say that. Uh-huh. Do you want me to call you Davy? <laughs> <laughs> make it worse, make them more annoyed. Yeah, if we start bitching for no reason. I do agree with you. Well, in terms of like this whole thing with, with Jay Briscoe, is, I think it goes back to the whole thing of people getting in trouble because they said something, but it was like years ago. The idea of like, because not everything that one person believes 10 years ago or, finds, something or, they believe now. or finds funny 10 years ago. Because there's stuff I found funny when I was back when I was a kid or in my early teens. I watched back now and I thought, wasn't that funny? But that stuff I do watch back, that was funny. So not all of it is funny. I still find everything I ever found funny, funny, because you know why? <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. I'm just saying sometimes funny is funny at a certain time, sometimes funny is just funny. Perfect. It varies, varies from different people. Yeah. Perfect example. Yo, Dougie, pick up the phone! <laughs> Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, like, maybe trying to take someone at their word when they say that if they believe something one time, they don't believe it now. Well, you have you have managed to get me to break my week long fast. Well, oh, I'm saying you. I, you said you were drinking alone. You're with friends. No, no, I've broken my fast. Ah well, could I could I offer you a strong bone this trying time of yours? Not yet, because I haven't finished this. Well, I'll place it here next to you then, shall I? So it's just there. Temptress. Ah, <laughs> uh, foul temptress. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Come on, come on. Sorry, I'm joking. Ah, you will. Anyway, it was the whole thing about Jimmy Bristol, but a kind of fucked up thing recently. 
because uh, also Ring of Honor when it starts doing an actual regular show is going to be on their Ring of Honor Old Series Service Honor Club, right? Mm-hmm. But I think they were they put up a tribute thing to on the screen to to Chambers, but they did it after Dynamite was finished airing because they do it live. Mm-hmm. And I think they're taping a Ring of Honor special tonight on tonight being Friday time recording after their Rampage show, a Ring of Honor. Branded show which will go on our club for free, mm. uh, because and and it'll be people are being flown explicitly for the show, and it will be a tribute show. I mean, one a branded tribute show to Jay Briscoe. Yeah, and the reason it's on our club is twofold. Well, the reason it's free on our club is twofold. One, some people don't want to pay for our club because there's no new stuff on our club right now. So just give them this free show if they want to support this show. It's in honor of Jay Briscoe, who's a big figure in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. But secondly, because they can't do it on the same shows, same networks, TNT or TBS that they do Dynamite and Rampage, because they're owned by Warner Media, who again won't allow on TV a tribute to Jay Briscoe. I think that's. I honestly find that disgusting. It is fucked up. I really do. I find that. I find that fucking disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, the man, the man, fucking said some things ten fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. He's fucking apologised to no end. He's made his, mm-hmm. he's made his fucking apologies. He's built his bridges, from what I hear and from what I've read. Because I mean, I just I knew the Briscoes as a tag team, right? Yeah. I knew not a lot about the man, mm-hmm. and I, for my own shame, I only knew them in ring, in that brief period mm-hmm. they were in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, you know. Fucking guys, kids are still struggling in hospital. There's a fucking GoFundMe for his family going out. All these wrestlers are sharing. Yeah, I think, I think at this time, I think you need to have a wee bit of fucking respect and not just yeah. act like a woke bitch and say, "Oh no, he said something a decade ago." We're not going to honour this yeah. man and have any respect for him. Okay, yeah. Again, this is an example of Warner just fucking looking at the action and not the weight, the the likes. Some, I think he's gone for what I've just heard the stories. For when you look at other people who have said horrendous <clears throat> shit who have not made any efforts or have made barely the efforts that he had. Mm. Like, he's done more than most would in his situation. He would have done in his situation. Yeah. But, but as I, I... I hate to be political <laughs> here. I really fucking do. But that is just more evidence and example of woke culture going fucking insane. Yeah. I tell you, woke culture... And I, I am not going to apologise for this. And I'm, yeah. I hope you won't. You know, edit this here. Oh, I'm waiting for you to hear what you say first. But I, I strongly believe that that needs to die. That this whole woke culture thing, because people being fucking tarred and feathered in the street for things that were said decades ago, especially like I totally get it. Right, if we, if it goes a decade later and they're unrepentant and blah blah blah, and well, fair enough, <laughs> don't honour that. But well, I think if somebody passes, they've made the peace, and you should <laughs> honour them regardless. <laughs> but. You know, have a bit of fucking respect. Mm-hmm. You know, if a person's made the effort and they've truly made the effort to change and become a better person, which he did, then you have a fucking respect for his life and you respect him. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make you look fucking clever or anything uh-huh. going, we're not going to respect him, we're not going to allow this. It makes you look petty mm-hmm. and it makes you look fucking small. Uh-huh. And quite frankly, it's quite distasteful in my mind. I don't know if they're certain. I'd like to hope that at least someone involved behind the scenes either we would would have at least attempted to, you know, look, try and explain the the situation of the real the life of from people who knew more 
to try and mm. get the show on. And I don't think going to Honor Club would have been their first get. So I, I like to think, I mean, it's not reported by my system in my mind that maybe they tried <coughs> but were sadly unsuccessful to try and convince Warren Media otherwise of their decision. But mm. obviously got their the no, resistance that, from them. Actually, even, even Triple H went and tweeted. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt tweeted. They mentioned him on X. Commentary on X. He mentioned Jay Briscoe yeah. and, and wished the best for his family and everything. I mean, Shawn Michaels next in NXT segment. Oh, yeah, because there's meant to do like a, a, a funeral, funeral for, for, the, for Pretty Deadly's like title shot or whatever. Aye, but he, then, once Jay passed, he was like, no, I'm not doing the funeral shit. I know, like, that's, that's fucking not, not right. Uh, but fucking, even Bray Wyatt, he went and tweet, hashtag them boys, and he yeah. said he was a good man. I, I think. And Bray, I'm sorry to get no, no, right, no, no. Bray, who is one of the like most righteous yeah. people, and I mean Wyndham Rotunda, you know, yeah. he's a righteous guy. And for him, that statement was just so simple and so poignant, even though it was just, it was a good man. I think Nothing about wrestling, just... Yeah, I, I think, I agree with most of what you said, in that, again, the idea of judging someone on that action, on action and not checking to see if they've made, mm. they've not tried to repent, in a lot, for lack of a better term, for, for what they've done. And I do agree, because in a lot of ways, you know, I like the idea of trying to be a society where we try not to fucking... We try to remove some aspects that will exclude other people and yeah. be hateful towards other people, but there is something to be said for, again, respecting somebody. And I do agree in terms of there are cases where it goes a bit far in terms of like trying to tarnish somebody for one thing. If they have a repeated track record of horrible shit, fuck them then. Whatever. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, one thing sometimes once you get a reputation as being one thing, even if you you aren't, it is hard to come back from. And I I probably another time would have more thought through thoughts on this. But I'm mm. struggling. I feel a bit on the spot, and I've had a couple of cans, so I'm I'm struggling at the minute. But I agree with most of what you what you said. Most of. Mm. And what in terms of what they were. How it can be disrelated towards Jay, but also in terms of how sometimes it can go. Too yeah, far. I, I know like, we don't always agree. Like I'm, yeah, I, 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 I I'm quite, uh, I'm quite strongly opinionated on many social aspects and things like that. I do believe things go a little too insane, to be honest with you. Yeah, I honestly believe, like they say, like oh, what cultures yeah. fixed this and that, but I honestly be, believe it's just <laughs> gone from one extreme to the next. You know. Mm-hmm. I I always believed in the happy middle ground, you know, a little bit from column A, a little yeah. bit from column B, and you'll find a happy mid a happy medium, you know. You don't need to be an extreme prick, but yeah. you don't need to be an extreme woke prick either. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of these companies, like, and this word, even this word annoys me. Yeah. A lot of these companies pander to the masses. Yeah, and that really. Really great from my bones. If, if people really wanted to be like, see, if you really wanted, to, like, as logically or in a real world sense, most companies, most big corporations, really don't give a fuck no. about people's feelings. Most companies, some companies do, probably back a sense or an, a viewpoint because there are people within the coverage and probably do leave it. But most companies, a lot of major companies in the world do jump on bandwagons. For, for because it makes them look good. Or they believe it does. Yeah. And it's hard to tell nowadays because 
we can be very cynical nowadays. It's hard to tell what companies really do actually believe in a, in a cause or a culture and what companies don't. And I just, I, it does feel like Warner Brother, like Discovery or Warner Brother Media, where the fuck uh, is the owns Turner, is just going on the stance, like we're not glorifying them because he said these things and again, not doing their due diligence, that word again. Mm, mm. And one, one thing that really sums up how absurd this is, is Kenny McIntosh men said the ropes. There's some clip from some bullshit show that Dana White's ghost and him from USC, which again makes me not want to watch it because Dana White's a prick as well. Yeah. Who supposedly once slapped his wife, but we're not talking about that, are we? Mm. But, uh, but he's, Dynamite was used as a leading for some new show close by him. But basically, these people are getting up on this thing and fucking slapping each other as hard as they fucking can. Oh, that's insensible, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And like he pointed out that Mike Tyson has been on AWTV a few times. You know, Mike Tyson, him who went to jail in the 90s for rape. Yeah. Or at least sexual assault at the very least. Yeah. But like he pointed out, so Warner can promote Mike Tyson at any opportunity and use Dynamite as a leading for this, but can't air a tribute show for a guy who repented for the things he did. And the thing that makes that stronger is Kenny Magnetos himself is an openly gay man saying these things. Mm. And like he made a joke on a podcast one time about how he, he likes some of the things that Jim Cornette says, not all of them. But he's met Jim Cornette, he's worked with Jim Cornette doing documentaries for wrestling. Yeah. And he's done, he, he did a, he just live tour friends of the roots and one of them was with Jim Cornette. And he says like, yeah, I don't mean I not agree with him, but like... People trying to come out at me again, come at me saying that like, I shouldn't be supporting Jim Cornette on certain things. Like, said, yeah, because gay people do love it when people try to be an ally on their behalf. Yeah, totally, totally. But Paul, I feel like this is going to be a long enough show as it is. I think so. But, I think, you know, us in more long shows, it's material for the people, man. Material for the people. Well, well let's get to Impact Wrestling itself and, you know, hard okay, to tell. I'll, I'll introduce us to Impact Wrestling. Because <laughs> Joe Hendry Aye. is Impact Wrestling mm-hmm. Digital Media Champion. Yes, still Digital Media Champion. We'll get to that in a wee bit. We mentioned the cameo a bit earlier on. But yep, yep. Oh, I want to say, for some, in some respects, the the build to the the match, the main event. Well, well I thought it was going to be the main event. It ended up being the opening match of Hard to Kill. No, that was really odd for for Billy Ray, Josh Alexander. I'll just before we get into it, what yeah. a match. Well, the belt got more tolerable when Billy was allowed to be an arsehole. Aye, it did. Aye. I mean, on the impact before it, he beats the piss out of Scott Demore. He's about to Scott Demore told both of the guys to stay home, but also Billy Ray doesn't listen. And then, yep. You know, but one thing I will say against it is, I mean, I did like the one where he's going to be at that Jason Hutch and uh, John Skyler. And like only Josh Alexander can save you. Josh comes out because he's the valiant face of Tensei. Aha, mm. it was a setup all along. The big dick and he's two wee boys. Ah, he's two henchmen, basically. Mm. Well, like, so stuff like that's fine because then they zip tied Josh to the ropes and, and everything. But. Made him watch whilst they tan Scott. Mm-hmm. But like, some of the things with him and with Billy Ray and, uh, and Tommy Dreamer and then Billy Ray and Scott Demore, as good as, as, as good as, as alright as I was to watch them. They do, they do go on a bit. They did go on for quite a while. If I can, they did. With Billy they did. shitting all over Tommy Jim while Tommy Jim starts greeting. <laughs> <laughs> I pissed myself laughing at that. No, no, I just watched it while I was like, I oh, yeah, big puff. 
fucking stand there gunning like a big wine. And then putting Scott Demorph to the table where, which is fine enough when you watch it on TV, but you watch a face from some, that somebody took when they were actually there. Basically, they, they covered it in lighter fluid and tried to light it on fire, but he could not get the lighter to work at all. Jesus. To which spots he may put that clip on with the, with the, with we didn't start the fire underneath it. And then eventually he gets him. And there's people, you can hear the guys filming and you hear people in the car basically like, you can't even light the table, you dumb like, Get a pair of liar, you dumb bitch. He's like shouting from all this then he's a fucking bully to kind of get the table to light. But in between there, Josh had a bit of a pit stop because he he welcomed Billy Ray to have his match on an episode of Impact, which in an open challenge, he wanted them to answer the open challenge. He didn't answer the open challenge. But who did answer that open challenge? Mike Bailey. Speedball Mike Bailey. And by the way, later on, I want to get on to a wee thing about Mike Bailey. I'll tell you something. <laughs> See that Kenny King? <laughs> I'd love to kick his hole in so, but he's an asshole. I, mean, I don't think he ever watched it, but... Uh, they did have that fit, fight pit match or whatever it is, pit fight match. I've not seen it yet. I know, so I'm not saying anything about it, but it was on Louis Street Impact. And for what, I have, what I've seen of it, the piece of the set, I think it's like black black ring mat, ropes taken down, shoot style rules. Ah, yeah, I know, like Blackman V. Owen style, or Blackman I, I V. Shamrock. I might also minus the cage or anything Can like I? that. But was that, Black, was that Blackman Shamrock? Black Shimmer did it with Blackman, he did it with Owen as well. Aye, well he did it in the Heart Dungeon, didn't he? No? Well he did with Owen in the Heart Dungeon, but then obviously him and Owen and also him and Blackman would have their line down kind of thing, but like, mm. it was just basically a no rip shit style match. And I'd like to think, I think they only would take two episodes of Impact after, the night after Hard to Kill and then did the. And also they have the two nights of the day, which is tonight and tomorrow, mm. so they them up to no surrender. So I'd like to think, because you can move around the order of matches. Depending on when they were having the tape, and we can move them around for TV when you're editing them. So, so I assume, given the the arsenic, it might be take the ropes down, put them back up. That this might that might have been the last match that they, yeah. that they filmed I in must, that season. I must say, I must say, when we get into the meat of Hard to Kill, I'm really going to enjoy talking about the Joe Hendry match. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm, and I, I will admit it, I am a Joe Hendry fanboy. Mm-hmm. Like he is the inspirational Joe Hendry. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> say his name and he'll appear <laughs> if you live in his country. <laughs> anyway, but but anywho, because there is a, there is a great uh, a great debut or a, a great debut at that match, <laughs> and I'm, I laugh my ass off if if you know what I'm talking about. Well, of course I know what you're talking about. I watched it. Yo. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but so Mike really answers Josh Alexander's open challenge, and they go just twenty seconds shy of a sixty-minute draw. Josh mm. manages to pin him. What a, a fucking match! With a C four spike with twenty seconds to go, which and Josh can do early on match. We still have that Iron Man match with TJP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what's funny enough about this? What's what's even more admirable, right? Is thinking that episode. I think was like the last episode to air before the tape before the tapings of the. Two days of in December tape, which took them up to Hard to Kill. Yeah. That was the last of the t- episode to air of the tapings of the night after Overdrive. So, looking back, Josh wrestled 30 minutes with Kazarian. Kazarian. And the very night wrestled 60 minutes with, with Mike, Mike Bailey. Bailey. The man's a fucking machine, honestly. Fuck yes, man. 
I mean, you know who two of my like favorite like basically mat style like technical angle style wrestlers in the world today? There's two of them. Mm-hmm. Chad Gable, mm-hmm. Josh Alexander. They are my two guys mm-hmm. because I I know we're talking impact here. Yeah, but just yeah. briefly, I'm going to mention the dub. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite tag teams, and very often, in my opinion, forgotten. Mm-hmm. Alpha Academy. I love Alpha Academy. That's all right. You know, I, I think Gable's cool. You know, shoes, please. Shoes. Thank you. <laughs> but he's cool as fuck. And Otis, I think his character's even better now than it was when he was in Heavy Machinery. You know, because there was no way Heavy Machinery were getting pushed right. Mm-hmm. You know. And that pish with Mandy Rose was just pish and now he's Otis you know he's Alpha Academy he's cool from what I've seen of him in real life and when he was in a face in heavy shooting he just comes off with like a like Chris Farley without the drugs aye aye Farley foot with drugs that would have been a great thing (laughs) but Going back to this match, I mean, I don't even know why I break down the fucking Mike BLA match, because, like, just go watch it. They put it up on right. on YouTube in its entirety, like, with the commentators commenting during bits where the breaks would the have been. The best way to describe this match, if you, if you truly class yourself as a fan of pure pro wrestling, <laughs> you watch that match. <laughs> because, I mean, Josh is a fucking machine, there's no doubt. Yeah. But let's say nothing on Mike Bailey. That man himself is a fucking... You know, he's a Duracell bunny, man. Well, you think of it, best wrestler, both in the X-Division and just overall 2021, Josh Alexander. And I think, to the extent, Mike Bailey almost just slightly overtakes Josh for best wrestler 2022 in Impact. Yeah. So to have those two who are competing so regularly at a high level in a match that goes this length of time. Oh, totally. I mean, I think in future, Mike Bailey is due a, yeah. an actual world title run. If we can revisit this on fucking pay-per-view... I'd be more than fucking happy for it. And then you got a story there, the idea of like, World Time I'd have a 60 minute time like last time they fought, you know, they, could, they barely just went under the 60 minutes. Yeah. So if they even did a thing like, oh, we're going to, we're having this match, have no time limit because no telling how long this is going. Or if he went back and did an Iron Man match. The thing is, right, and I'm curious to know your opinion on this. I mean, with a lot of impact matches, right? Mm-hmm. I got the same, and this is a positive list one, I got the same thing I usually get, where you go into the match, right, and you've got your champion, mm-hmm. and you've got your challenger, and in the back of your head you're going, yeah, I know my champion's going to win, Yeah. but you're getting close to the finish of the match, and you're sitting yeah. on the edge of your seat going, holy fuck, this guy might, this cunt might take him. Uh. Like, even though you know the setup of pro wrestling, Impact still gives you that bit of belief. That in itself, in my opinion, is what makes Impact superior to a lot of companies because you sit watching Impact and even though you kind of know what's happening, you don't. Well, what happened with with Josh and the title, I I think the thing should continue with Steve Macklin being annoyed that he's not getting a title shot and what Mm. I think should happen is Macklin, the sacrifice in March should end with Josh holding up the belt, he's retaining his belt, it's beat up by Macklin's like I'm sick of waiting you me rebellion whatever mm. or maybe he's won some number contender later on and so Josh loses the belt rebellion because it it's like one year on from when he won it and 
I'm not going to say anything because spoilers, but I, f- I know who he's fighting for the title or I know someone who's the number one contender and I assume it's going to happen at No Surrender, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But I think given that... Uh, sa- sacrifice, man, right? No. <laughs> I know that Sacrifice is in Ontario somewhere, so I think maybe if you want, if you want to, two Canadian boys, Mike Bailey and Buddy Josh to have their rematch there. Josh wins this time. And then you go into Rebellion, which they announced Rebellion will be in Toronto. Toronto. Which is, which is nice. And then that's where you do Steve Macklin. I think they're pretty, pretty nice to do. Another thing I think would be pretty nice to do a Mike Bailey rematch in Canada. Because it does feel like they want to make him a world champion at some point. Oh, yes. I was watching a list online. My wrestling team YouTube channel is called Parts Fun Known. And it was like 10 things you might have missed, great wrestling things you might not know about. Like, so, Trying to go to places outside the major companies that you yeah, might not yeah, have seen, yeah. and their number two entry was Mike Bailey's entire twenty twenty two. Nah, just talking about how great Mike Bailey so was. Is this on YouTube? It was on YouTube. I you'll need to show me uh, this. Uh, it was like I think it was basically the point was oh, you know, Mike Bailey puts the same effort into an Impact pay per view that he does at your local indie. Like he never like doesn't seem like he's phoning it, and he's always performing at a high level. And how much he's he's fucking taken off and everything. One fucking recently, 2023, they throw in the first big shows in America, the Battle of Los Angeles. Mm. Mike Bailey wins the Battle of LA, won the big, the big, in, the must, the big mm. indie tournament. Like People like Ricochet and all that, Zach Sabre Jr., people like that, Keith Lee, I think, I think did Keith Lee win it? I don't know. <laughs> Bandido, Do you... people like any, anybody who's anyone in the indie world from the mid-2000s onwards has won. El Generico, a.k.a. Sami mm. Zayn, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. I mean, these guys have won Valley and now he's won it. And basically, in the case of like, I'm finally allowed to wrestle in the US, I'm going to wrestle everywhere. I hope, well, the way you talk about Mike Bailey makes me worry. Mm-hmm. I really hope he is not, he is not stolen from away. us. Mm-hmm. No, is, he, not, is he on a proper contract? I think he did, no, he, yeah, he did think, because he wrestled a match with Josh Alexander in Indian Canada, and I meet, and then after the match, he had Scott Moore come out and give him a contract. And yeah, say, yeah. And he signed it, so uh, he signed on for at least a couple of years. Good, good, good. No, because, like you say, he's... And, as long as he's treated well by Impact, is paid well, I'm sure he'll be enticed to stay. Well, I think so, and considering the calibre of matches he has, yeah, you know? Because, and, might I ask, on that list you were talking about with him being number two, was he the, was that the only Impact wrestling mention? I can't remember, there was... Yeah, he does it. Does like a lot of Japanese, and so there was some Japanese stuff in there. Mm. But uh, I don't know. But he did mention he took special mention maybe like, not just because of Impact, but because of Mike Bailey. <laughs> Mike Bailey just just his year in general. Mike Bailey just uh, is. <laughs> and it's one of the things because like he was wrestling in, in Europe and in in Canada where he's from, but also in the UK because during those five years he couldn't wrestle in the US. And once or twice in like 2018-2019 I heard about him wrestling at Source Wrestling here in Scotland. Mm. And I'd heard of him, I'd seen clips of him back in PWG pre him having the visa issues. But I never went to see him. And I feel, knowing what I know now about him, I feel guilty for not going and seeing him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because now I don't know when he's ever going to be back in the UK. I'd like to see him in the UK. I'd like to see him live and everything. Looking like a Ninja Ken doll. (laughs) It's just, it's a gum shield. I know. Because he wears a pure white gum shield and he always comes out grinning. You're like, hey, look, it's Ninja Kendall. And he's always like, yeah. Mm. I think Mike Bailey did win. The Impact did like an end of year awards. Like, 
Wrestler of the Year when he joined Alexander, X Division Wrestler went to Mike Bailey, but I partly think like to have Mike Bailey just as great as he was in the X Division as X Division champion, I think it's almost an insult for him not to be in the and as a nominee in Wrestler oh, of the yeah, Year. Yeah, totally, totally. Like Jordan won Wrest Women Knockout of the Year. Uh, Mike Bailey and Josh's six man match one match of the year. I mean, there might be some recently yeah. biased in there. But do you know? Do you know? I've seen I've seen a recent uh, comparison for <coughs> Jordan Grace, uh-huh. like her from a while ago, mm-hmm. compared to her now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was still stacked, but she was not as she was yeah. nowhere near as fucking ripped as she is now. I heard I heard someone basically. Said, Basically, comment on a post you did look similar to that. Basically, saying, like, oh no, you should have just stayed the way you were. Like, you look better this and then insulting my jokes now. And she'd be saying, like, oh, thank you for that. I don't care what you think, but thanks. Yeah, for that. Good on him. Like, that's why I love my. I love following Jordan Grace on Twitter because she's not afraid to just snap back at people who try and like, troll her or Aye. try and insult her. No, she's hardcore, man. Jordan's cool as fuck. Like I say, I'd love to see a fucking hardcore Iron Man between Hot and fucking Rhea. I think at the end of the year where they did uh, Machine Guns won Tag of the Year I think Bupinder won uh, like Breakout one, what, I think it was One to Watch or was, oh that style of award Breakout yeah, kind guy, of, like you say One to Watch kind of Bupinder good Joe I mean gotta say that fucking gargoyle spear he does that is the coolest fucking <laughs> that is the coolest corner move uh-huh. I think I've seen mm-hmm. like look at the comparison you've got a Bronco Buster mm-hmm and you're like, nah man, that's just gay. You know, you're just riding a guy's face. Yeah. And then you've got... It's a teabagging. Nah, it's a fucking pro wrestling teabag. And then you've got the gargoyle spear. Mm-hmm. See when he delivers that, mm-hmm. right? Oh, mm-hmm. It's tasty. <laughs> it's tasty. It's like see when Moose delivers his weird spear, right? Aye. That fucker's tasty. Mm-hmm. That thing nearly looks as good. Is a properly delivered fold. Mm-hmm. Fee, like oh, the fold is amazing. Uh, well, see when he does it, uh, like, see when the guy sells right uh, and he gets the hip right, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful move. So, in the fold, I mean, good old to Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I mean, they didn't win it, but being in their first year together as a team, making it to the finals of the Super J Tag League. Yeah, and they're challenging the guns for the titles and the most recent impact, I'm sure. I heard they they have a match coming up against the major players next week, so maybe that will oh, lead it's them. Oh, players! That's yeah, major. It. Maybe it's that maybe that will lead them on to a yeah a tag team title. Yeah, match. it's a number one contenders match. Okay. Ho- hopefully, they win it. I know Brian would disagree with me yeah. on that one. He he is he is a, a major players fanboy, mm-hmm. mainly because he is a fucking he's a Brian Myers guy. Yeah. What's interesting about the guns is they also have those NJ, NJPW strong belts. Yeah, but but, the, but that show they do NGVW strong and the America is supposedly coming to an end. And what they want to do is like do the occasional big shows in the US. Yeah, and there might be rumors because Ring of Honor and New Japan had a relationship for many years of doing some sort of integration. When the Ring of Honor does a, a thing. Fi- finally has a weekly show or taping show where they can feature New Japan's tag and men's American yeah. champions on that show, which would mean the guns going back to Ring of Honor where they're one time Ring of Honor tag team I champions. Must say, well, it was quite interesting. <laughs> Well, I thought an impact copycat <laughs> because you look at the guns mm-hmm. and you look at the two belts, yeah. one blue and one red, <laughs> and you know, it was like, oh, use a copycat. No, it's funny. Uh, do you know who the NJPW Strong like main champion is? The first champion was a guy called Tom Waller, who used to do UFC and everything. He's, uh-huh. he's very good, very good heel. 
He's ruled by a wrestler named Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young, who's, since he left WWE, came back to wrestling properly. It's fucking night and day compared to what he was as Darren is Young. Is he awesome, though? Oh, he's good. Is he awesome? What age is he now? Must be in his mid-30s, at least. He's fucking ripped. He's baldy now, but he, it suits him, that kind of baldy. Is he awesome enough that the dub might have another look at him? Maybe. You know, awesome. Maybe. Uh, he's, he's kept the whole no days off kind of thing, but kind of mm. built the fact that he's like got this weird work rate thing. He did a match. They did these two shows in New York. One was called the one was called the Rumble on Forty Fourth Street. The night be- one night before it was called literally the night before because yeah. it was in October. So they gave it a Halloween theme and surprise like they revealed the car like you remember who's going to be and Fred Rosa came out for a match. Who am I going to fight in an untitled match? It was Crowbar from WCW <laughs> and Fred Rosa managed to have a great match with. We we crowbar and he kept me and then he went on the mic. I haven't managed to see the second match, but he went on the mic and went, I'm gonna defend this tail tomorrow night on tomorrow night's show I don't care who it is and then Jonathan Gresham came out and challenged them which got a massive pop and like and I haven't found that match yet, but what? I wanna I'm gonna source it out. What height is Fred Russell? Oh he's definitely taller than uh, buddy Jonathan Gresham. I mean, no offence to Jonathan Gresham, but most people are taller than Jonathan Gresham, but his his woman is taller than him. I Jonathan Gresham is a hugely muscular and hugely talented individual. Mm-hmm. And he's toty. He is very toty. <laughs> he's, he's a teeny toty toty squad. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully there's some crossover with England. Maybe they can do some crossover in Japan so they, so they can do some crossover impact. Bring Fred Rosser into a bloody impact. He'd be quite cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Anyway, Josh Alexander, he did go on to fight Billy Ray, who, in the opening match, it was, I thought, again, they stuck to a full metal mayhem, which was, uh, within Billy's kind of wheelhouse and everything, Aye. and I think, again, I thought, oh, we know how to hurt people. It'll be a fun enough hardcore brawl, I know it, as much as I didn't like the idea of Billy winning the Collier shot and everything, and I like the fact that the Collier shot got smashed by Josh, but he still carries a broken trophy around <laughs> with him, and just throws it a bit. <laughs> You know what? It was a lot more fun than I maybe would have given it credit. I maybe would have assumed it would be when I when I when I first saw him when they call your shot. But mm. I enjoyed the match. Like you said, very violent. And they had this whole thing where they did like an interview virtually with the two of them. And they're like, I oh, see you've acknowledged I'm in your head. Like, why do you think I hit someone's I hit Tommy with a chair? Why do you think I put Scott through a table or attached you with a ladder? I knew you would try and call me out for a full metal mayhem match because you've went into my domain now. Because mm. I know I can't out wrestle you. But when this kind of match, I can outfight you. Yeah. And you you get, my, you're almost like, oh Jesus, he's got him here. Yeah, you know my favourite part of the match was? Mm. Just in the comedy sense anyway. The entire segment with old fat Tommy oh, Dreamer. Oh, for fuck's sake, Tommy. He, he comes out, right? He comes out. And he's all like, oh, I'm going like, like, to stick up for Josh. <laughs> and then... He gets a wee funny look on his face, mm-hmm. Billy Gee's in the bin, mm-hmm. and you think, oh fuck, is his old fat prick turned heel? Uh. Is, he, is he siding with his old pal? Mm-hmm. He turns round, and gives Billy the most weak ass, pussy, fucking trash can shot I've ever seen in my life, to which Billy tans him through a table. Mm-hmm. 
and he doesn't move the rest of the fucking match. He's about as useful as a chocolate teapot. And, the, and after the match, I went, oh, but, but uh, Tommy Dreamer got a military revenge. Like, no, he fucking didn't. Oh, I swear to God, see when Josh picked him at the rubber low table? Yeah. Uh, we and Brian were watching it, and I was like, oh, fuck, I, he was in there. Yeah. I forgot he was even there until fucking Josh pulled him at the table scraps. But, but I enjoyed it. Also, the thumbtacks get involved, like, beat, like push it, Josh Shimmett sitting the ladder on the table outside, and then... Billy tipping a ladder over, Josh falls back into the ring onto the tacks. Aye. He had that fucking tack right on the top of his, his <laughs> no, head. He had a shiny head nipple. <laughs> Billy getting the table out very I early hated on. the fact that uh, Dax and. Uh, Billy's wee henchman. Oh, John Skyler and uh, Jason Hotch. Ah, Hotch and Skyler. But um, I hated the fact that Lay went and got made look weak in comparison to that old FUD. Mm. Because, I mean, he came in the fucking ring and was about as useful as a fucking yeah. corpse. But yet, he managed to take them down with a couple of weak old man punches. <laughs> I did love that Judge Alexander's missus got involved. And she, hit, she used to be a wrestler, so he hits Billy with a move. I think it used to be Spike Dudley's move. Ah, it's certainly with a fucking Spike Piledriver, wasn't it? Like, no, I think it was called the Dudley Dog. The Dudley Dog. Well, well in WWE, in ECW, it's called the Acid Drop. The Acid Drop, that's still cool. <laughs> Hit them with the Acid Drop and then Josh bits him through the table. No, that was after she hoofed him in the yeah, boys. I hoofed him. Because he was all like, he's like, I want you to beg, beg, give me your wedding ring. <laughs> and then he's like, now you die. <laughs> and she's like, Fuck no, it. I don't. Fuck you. I remember I was talking to my brother about this because I went over to his house to watch Hard to Kill. Because me and my brother were really yeah, yeah, yeah. the last couple of years. And it's something me and he and I can watch together. Did he, overall, did he enjoy it? Oh, yeah, he enjoyed it. But, like, cool. he. <laughs> I was joking with him about it, a promo that Billy did a couple of weeks ago where he talked about all the things he's done. It was not a lot of horrible things he's done. Like, I'm the guy who ran Hulk Hogan out of TNA. I put Dixie Carter through a table. And I went, okay. What about the bad things you've done? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't start with those two. Don't start with the good things. I don't start with those two. I mean, we support you. I don't want to. But no, the match was solid. And then, what did we have after that one? Well, I should mention, though, on the pre-show, we did have that X Division 6 week, and then randomly, they moved the X Division title match to the pre-show. Who, but, won, who won the 6 week? Uh, Kushida. Kushida. Kushida won that. Because uh, it looked like Bailey was going around and Kenny King got involved, and that was developed to the match on Impact. Mm. And then you had Trey Miguel v Black Tours, which basically had which what I was enjoying the match up until the finish, and not because it's not because Trey won that I had an issue, it's because basically they just did the exact same finish as Overdrive. He like, sprayed him in the face with a spray paint. I were, but this time they like, oh maybe this time this time we'll avoid it. Maybe he's caught him. Nope, no he hasn't. Spray in the face, cheap win. Like, it's the exact same thing that happened to Make, Overdrive. Makes Taurus look like a dick and makes Trey look like a pussy. Pretty much, yeah. But what I loved, they're in centre stage, by the way, in Atlanta, which is a great venue, I think, for, for wrestling. Yeah. But, like, they had this old guy, Mike Jackson, who just keeps popping up every so often in Impact. I know, he's the old, he's the old pro wrestling grander. The old British wrestler who can walk along the top rope. Yeah. Which is funny to watch. They but, keep hiring him because he can still move. But, like, they're laughing at him. Me and my brother were laughing. My brother was was saying it almost like ironically, like this guy's my new favorite wrestler. Look at him; he's just can just walking all over in the ring and he took rope, got an <laughs> angels and a fucking wrestler. Right. They mentioned he's seventy three years old. I'm thinking like he can do that. He's three years younger than Vince McMahon is now. He's seventy three. Seventy three. This man last performed in Center Stage, according to them, 
or maybe it was the first time he performed, but he was once he performed in centre stage the same venue in nineteen eighty nine. Uh, WCW fucking taping. But anyway, so he had that fun bit of activism stuff on the on the pre-show. I believe we also after that was uh, no the second match either might have been like the the tag team four way. I want to mm. say with a uh, Heath and Rhino major players Ace and Bay and the Machine Guns. The Machine Guns also getting the win. Uh, one. No, it was good that Heath and Rhino didn't win. Right, they, they went out first after a roll up from from Cardona. Which I missed because I went to the kitchen and my brother says to get something I missed. Ethan Rhino going out and went, who went out? Oh, Ethan Rhino got rolled up. Oh, okay then. <laughs> she named the girls. I was getting food. <laughs> you, were, me, you were eating. Yeah, the machine guns weren't retaining the titles. I think they'd be uh, Ace and Bay at the end because like, Gordon and that got rolled up by Ace and then they cost Ace and Bay the titles after that because they were also they were, they were bad losers. Yeah. <laughs> But what's interesting is after the match is out comes Kaz who makes the announcement that he's he, he was granted his release from AEW and is, and is now signed a multi-year deal with Impact. Oh, that's cool. Which, which I'm very happy about because well, honestly, he, he was better. He, I mean, it started off great because he was with Daniels and Scorpio Sky and he and Sky were the first ever AEW tag champs and they lost the belts in January. They won them in October, end of October, start of November 2019. Lost them in January. Oh, and then, you know, he was mostly in tight stuff. And then when he went singles, didn't really have anything for him. So, but when he was in impact, he actually felt like he had a direction, even though you knew he wasn't going to beat Josh. No, he like, still won that match. Yeah, that great match. Yeah, with with Mike Bailey at Bound for Glory, which again shocked me that he even won it. No, I know it won the fucking X Division. Right. and hopefully we can tell a bit of a story him we him in the X Division now that and not have him just cashed in immediately. Mm. Hell, have him go after Trey and say. Of like Tracy, I'm like, why do you care about this belt? You just gave this up for the world belt, and then have him say like, I wanted someone else to someone to step up when I handed it in. But look at you, you spray painted. You just you've dishonored this belt that I've won X amount of times. Aye, you can have a real like clash of generations story. I'm out and true. That'd actually be a pretty fucking cool idea. That mm-hmm. see, Kaz get a second X division, like, and then have a rematch. Finally, him and Mike Bailey as well. Mm. Triple threat. Mm, mm. Kaz, Mike Bailey, and Trey. That'd be a fucking hell of a match. What's, what's actually a funny story? I believe he actually Kaz might have actually been the winner of the first ever Ultimate X match. So I want to see him get back involved in the fucking Ultimate mm. X. That'd be, I mean, six in the Ultimate X, right? Usually five or six. Five or six, right? So I I've mean, seen someone have four, but you if know, you, if you have Kaz, mm. uh, Bailey, Trey, and Trey. Who else would you... Who would be your other three? Uh, I think... I mean, you need someone you don't want to win, so that's kind of king. No, well, fuck that, we did. What about that... Taurus. Fu- what about that fucker that keeps coming out in him? But I forget his name, but he's cool. He's got a big, long, fuzzy red coat. Alex Zane. Oh, I, I oh, like he's that good. cunt. I All like his moves are named after Taco Bell items. <laughs> <laughs> his, nah. nickname's, his nickname's The Sauce. I like him. Oh, because his name's a saucy team with a wrestler called El Lindemann, a Japanese wrestler in the Super J Tag League, who's from a tag team called, a group called the Strong Hearts, so their tag team was Sauce Hearts. <laughs> but I joked on a podcast with my fellow Grant, I said, really they should have called themselves Strong Sauce. Strong Sauce. <laughs> that would be cool. But, no, I've done a bit uh, now you've seen that Japanese wrestler, Yuya Yuramura, 
he's on his like his American excursion from New Japan. He's one of the like their young lions. What I like about him is a few weeks after Bailey had the match with Josh, we had the match a match between him and Bailey, and they pointed out like even though you is less experienced, you got a lot of offense in because in Keefe, Bailey's still exhausting, still has some wear and tear from scoring sixty minutes with Josh. Um, so that allowed this guy to get all this offense on him. See, good simple fucking psychology here. Simple psychology. Right, and basically going back to what I was saying. Oh, oh didn't spell any. It was on the rim. Saved yourself. You done that famous can save. Mm. But, but long story short, yeah, I'm glad Kaz is in as an impactful team. Master Slamovich went on to win the four way, where I was convinced he was either going to be Killer Kelly or Diana. Personally. No, I'm not that I'm disappointed or anything. I just, I just I'm, didn't expect it. I am not even remotely surprised that neither of us even took Taylor Wilde into the equation. Mm-mm. Even the fact that she is a little witchy woman now, which came out of fucking nowhere. Oh, it was on BTI. Like, I don't fucking watch BTI. Do I look like I watch BTI? Yeah. You know. But no, I mean, Taylor Wilde to me just looks like she's ripping off that NXT bird. I can't even do She's not Alba Fire, is she? Alba, there's Alba Fire, there's also Isla Dawn, who's also Scottish. Is Alba Fire the witchy one, or the...? No, no, that, that's Isla Dawn. Aye, she looks like she's ripping off Isla Dawn. She's also Scottish. Oh, I know, I know. But no, she looks like she's ripping off Isla Dawn with that push. Mm. Yeah, but uh, Isla Dawn seems, to me, seems to do it better. Uh, we also had the digital media match as we mentioned Joe Hendry his biggest match to date the biggest match I think for the digital media title to that point may I Miss... may I may I well we get into it and you can you can. what do you think of the match itself before you mention I'll... this oh, well I'll be honest with you and I know you said you didn't hear it right mm-hmm. but to me it seemed a very moose heavy crowd especially oh. around ringside uh-huh. because you know, Moose had his football buddies there, and all these fuckers around the front are going, oh, Moose, 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 and booing Joe Hendry, and I'm like, you disrespectful mofos, man. I'm not having you disrespect my Joe Hendry. <laughs> not having that shit. Because, I mean, when Joe was coming out, I was sitting there, and I had the hands going, and I was like, <laughs> you know, even you don't have any songs, yeah. you're sitting there saying, so, oh, say his name, and he appears. I believe in Joe Andre. And I was like, yes! Then the soul came on, and I'm like, you know? But fucking. We go through the match, and you can detail it more than I can, but we go through the match, and Moose is, you know, kicking his hole a bit. He kicks Moose's hole a bit. And then we get to the end, Moose does his usual push, he goes. To try and grab the digital media belt, uh-huh. obviously to hit Joe Henry with. Referee catches him, and the referee's got his back turned. What does he do? <laughs> he puts Joe Henry in the home oz, man. Fucking cheeky prick. Kicks Joe Henry in his balls, man. I'm like, you lousy prick. Aye. He gets the win. But <laughs> I, I will pass the reins of what's going on this state with the Scott now because I just want to giggle at it. So, Scott, what happens after he gets his win? Out comes the new authority figure, which they announced would be coming to Santino Marella. Yes, they announced a new authority figure to step in for Scott DeMore while he's been written off TV. The director of authority. I am the new director of authority. 
Santino Morello, which is meaningful. How do you see Elizabeth Santino Morello? You might ask. Apparently, the trademark for the name Santino Morello expired. An impact? Snatched it. Well, I think Santino himself snatched it. Ah, well, there you go. Or An- Anthony Corelli, whatever yeah. his name is, uh, snatched it up. But he uh, comes out and he's like, Hi, I'm Santino Morello. Allow, you, allow you, myself to introduce myself. myself. I am the new director of authority. And in my first act of authority, I will say, You, sir, Moose, a cheater. <laughs> I will not have this. Whilst the referee, his back was turned, you kicked this man in his scrotismal region. <laughs> cheater! <laughs> so, in my first act, as director of authority, I am restarting this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. No, it's just silly way it said, You kicked this man in his scrotismal area. Because <laughs> uh, hearing his actual voice, because he's Canadian, and we were like, It's weird here, but then hearing other like, Ah, you are son of a gun. He's got a name, so he's got a gimmick. Uh, and so the match restarts, Joe Andrew hits the standing ovation and retains a digital media championship. Right, well, uh. re retains. Right. <laughs> I suppose it was because that baldy bastard never really won it anyway. because it was restarted, so I was like, his, his in this null and void. Region. Aye, well, this is when it's null and void, because also the match is restarted, so yes, he did retain the title. Yes, he did. And Joe continues on as digital media champion. Do uh, you know why? Because we believe. Then they brought Raven out to be on commentary for... Uh, <laughs> for Macklin whatever and, reason. And Swan. Have you ever seen someone look so disinterested to be there? And Raven, I thought he looked disinterested when he came. I think to do commentary fucking against all odds for Moose V Callahan, but fucking this. It looks like he he's either on weed, or on some kind of sedative, or else he's on some kind of sed- sedative and cannot be fucking asked. Like fucking, he came in earlier on to wish Mickey James good luck. Cause she used to be in a weed stable yard back in the NWTNA days, but. He said it with all sincerity of someone who had a fucking gun to his hip. Like, wish Mickey James good luck tonight. Hey, Mickey, I just want to say, you know, whatever happens, uh, good luck tonight. And fucks off. Aye, aye, aye. good luck, hen. Good luck. <laughs> but I love this. I especially love the bit where it's like the, when they're brawling out the trash, say like the trash can, where Magnum goes to do his dive, Swan pulls the side door open, and Magnum goes out to the trash can. <laughs> my, my brother was pissing himself laughing at that. That was cool. I did like the whole it brought falls getting anywhere at land. I thought they were going to go further out into the street, but now they brawled when the backstage bit rolled around the ring. That, that finish he gave him on the top of his stairs looked vicious. But I found the fact that there was a wee barricade, like swinging barricade bit where one dies on he swings the oh, I know, I know. into his face and then hits the move. Ah, oh, but it looked vicious, man. And then again, he's another former world champion. He shouts to the camera, "How many more former champs do I have to be? What else do I have to do? How many more these fucking cunts do I have to battle to get my shot?" So I think that's the thing. That should be the story. Macklin's continued frustration to the point where he'll after, just attack Josh. I after sacrifice, basically like fuck you, like Josh. Josh is very easy to piss off and piss off. I'll I'll attack him or I'll say something mean about his family because whenever you mention his family, I'm like what the fuck did you say? Cause like I show him a show him a picture for the the Billy Ray match and call him Nipplehead <laughs> because uh, of attack. You know? Yes, yes, I got I got that. Did you get it? Okay. 
Eddie Edwards in a match where I enjoyed despite the fact that by the time this early in the morning when I was watching it live my eyes were getting a bit heavy well, who was he fighting again? Uh, he's fighting Jonathan Gresham he had a oh, really yeah, good yeah. technical match against Jonathan Gresham as much as I tried to keep myself awake my eyes were heavy even when I wanted good wrestling when it's that late at night I struggle at times see I, I have found that I have made an attempt because I now you know have with option yeah I have made the attempt to stay up and watch live Raw mm-hmm. on a Monday evening do you know twice I have attempted it and twice I have not managed to stay up for the main event? Well, it's three hours fucking long. Yeah, it's too yeah. long. I mostly watch it because at the minute I'm really intrigued by the whole Bray story and the Alexa story. And I'm really I'm really hoping that Alexa beats that. You know? She's not going to. You don't know that. She's not going to. The plan is Rhea Bianca, I'm telling you. But then that means Rhea runs the rumble, so, you know, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Well, I at least hope that Alexa gives her a good kicking. Anyway, but Josh Alexander, no, not Josh Alexander, Jonathan Gresham and Eddie Edwards. Uh, Eddie Edwards was a solid match, but Eddie got the win, which I was kind of surprised at. But then, but then the lights started going all flickery, flickery. A PCO shows up, and I had the Bernard Black reaction of, "Oh God, you're still alive." <laughs> <laughs> I like PCO, fuck you. Ah, oh, I kinda go mate, man. Oh shut it. Swear go, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you wish to engage in fifty cuffs. <laughs> anyway. I wish I could remember that that quote I read on Facebook. It was pulp fiction, mm. but in oldie English. You know? Yeah, yeah, with it. Like, say it lie again, mother romancer. <laughs> say it lie again. Say hey, home again. <laughs> say home a second time. And I double. I do I dare bes- you. I beseech thee. <laughs> anyway, I dare you, motherfucker. I the, double dare you. But then we had Mickey versus uh, Jordan, Jordan Grace in yes. the main event. Which was nice. Again, which also points out. So thing. Not only has Mickey done back to back events of Hard to Kill, but also it means that women have been invented three out of the last four Hard to Kills because 2020 had the unfortunateness now looking back of Tesla versus Sammy. Yeah, huh. Then obviously you had the six man the next week, yes, year, and then you had Diona, Mickey, and then you had Diona, and then you had Mickey, Jordan. So, but then again, that means three out of the last four has at least one woman in the main event of Hard to Kill. Well, which Impact, is nothing to be sniffed at. Impact are big on their fucking knockouts division, and rightly Absolutely. so. I mean, you've got Mickey, you've got Masha, you've got Sla- you've got fucking uh, Savannah Evans, you've got fucking Jordan, mm-hmm. obviously, you've got fucking Deonna. Uh, you've got so many women in that division that can seriously kick ass. I love Jordan here, played up, because obviously there'll be some fan support for Mickey, given the whole last rule thing. She goes out and on the back of her jacket says "Last Stop." Yeah, I know. This last word, I'm like, oh, I've got to say, I've got to say, see when Mickey made her entrance, uh-huh. I did find it cool. I've got to admit, it was it was different. But the minute her entrance started, uh-huh. Brian turned around to me and he went, "Oh fuck!" And I went, "What?" And he was like, "Well, going by your usual prediction on what you're usually right on." Uh-huh. When the entrance is bitching, Aye. that bitch is winning. <laughs> I like that. When the bitch is bitching, the bitch is winning. Aye. I like that one. But it was like the same thing when uh, uh, Tasha Steeles came out and she was on fuck it. She looked like a fucking like circus Aye. ringleader and she won. You know? 
and I've always said that when the entrance is fucking shit hot, nine times out of ten, the fucker's gonna win. And unfortunately, and I'm harking back to a retro era here, mm-hmm. unfortunately that didn't happen at WrestleMania that year. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, in that fatal four way, the Dudleys had the most awesome fucking entrance on the fucking planet. But, and they didn't win it. But yeah. Again, I was struggling to think about when the Vikings win. Like, I know you had the family there, the big engine bump. You had uh, Victor Tour slash Tara there, or Lisa yeah, Marie. Thank you. Do you know what? It, was, it, was, it wasn't until just the other day huh? I realised who the fuck that was. <laughs> but like, because A, she's looking a bit older now. Yeah. And I never, ever, ever knew her as Tara. I knew her as Victoria. Funnily enough, we're talking about her now because she's playing a, a hole on the in WFTV over in Smack, the Retro Smackdown review. I know, I know, she was one of the original hoes. But, like, I was struggling to think, like, does this mean that it's a big heavy handed thing to give her this big send off in front of her family and friends and she's going to lose? And she's going to lose? Or is this more evidence in the fact that she's going to win? I really couldn't have called it. It was a good match. I really felt like I thought oh, there would be a few finisher kickouts, but no one. She said that's what where Jordan goes into the side, went to the, like the ring post, or whatever, and then she hits the DT, and then the pin happened. And like, I really did take me kind of ah, you were taking caught, me off, caught me off guard. I mean, my other point, Mickey does grab at the top top timberhook all the times, but the thing doesn't come off. And we were thinking maybe was the spot originally supposed to be and jo- Jordan, Jordan Mickey accidentally rips the top off. Jordan, Jordan runs into it, then the DET, because my brother, I didn't know this, but according to him, he, he thought it looked very much last minute that Jordan goes into the post. Mm-hmm. So you may have to watch it back to give your own opinion, but, no, but I'd be interested way, if that was the plan. The only reason this, the finish surprised me is because, quite frankly, Jordan did 90% of the offence in that match. Mm. And I'm, I'm, not saying, yeah. I'm not saying or taking yeah. anything away from Mickey's performance in the match. Mickey was solid in the match. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of the a lot of the dominance in the match was predominantly Jordan. But the thing we never I don't and I'm sorry to cut but I don't believe we really balanced it properly. Like we didn't give Mickey enough dominant offense in the match to warrant a win. I don't I, I think if you know what I mean. Yeah. She was she was great in match, no doubt, but it, it could have been more balanced. I think it was playing out the fact that Jordan was supposed to be like the heel of the situation and kind of laying it, laying it into Mickey a little bit, playing up to the idea that people may, may, well, may not want to see Mickey retire. But and then they say that the last road was over, so I'm like, does that mean she can lose as much as she wants as long as she's still champion and she's not going to retire? Then well, I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought the last road was continuing while she was champion, but you know. But I, get, I, I like the idea of the story, at least it was good to see this kind of story with Mickey. My brother does have a bit of an issue with Mickey because he does feel like, you know, it does seem like her whole story, as long as she's been an impact, is because, like, her character is, I'm Mickey James, and that's why she's given all this plaudits and respect. Yeah. Despite the fact she's done horrible things as a face, like, basically overstepping her authority when she was enforcing that fucking Queen of the Mountain match, which I've still not forgiven her for. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I can see why they wanted to end hard to kill that way. But you do have Masha waiting in the wings for no surrender. Yeah. And uh, that's why I was surprised that Masha went. Like, they wouldn't give her a third shot in a row if she's not going to win because I didn't think Mickey was going to win. But, like, do you go all this whole thing in the last rodeo to have her hold the, hold the belt for a month mm. and then drop it to Masha? Because, again, I don't want Masha 
to I, I don't want it to Mickey Mickey win the belt then to pass it to Masha when Jordan already beat Masha two times. Thinking why don't you just have Jordan drop the belt to Masha? And yeah. but then at the same time I don't want Masha to lose three title shots in a row. That really will diminish her for going from undefeated to losing these three major opportunities, you know? Yeah. So I'm 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 between two minds on whether where this is gonna go. But you know, we've been here long enough, Paul. I think that's a bit time to, to wrap this thing up. This very long, long discussion that we've been having. It has do you know I will admit it's been very long, but you know, I think it's been very I think it's been very good. I've enjoyed it as well. I've enjoyed it. I mean, we we did, and I'll admit it, we did skip over the basic overflow of uh, Hard to Kill. But, you know what, if if our listeners are, our listeners and their Impact fans only know how fucking awesome it was, we know how awesome, yeah. I mean, we waxed lyrical about the Mike Bailey-Josh match, but that was awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan Gresham. Being on a full impact contract is awesome because Jonathan Gresham is a fucking technical wizard, man. The sooner we get Jonathan Gresham be Josh Alexander, the fucking better. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's money, man. I don't want to threaten you with a good time, but you know. <laughs> but no, that's money, man. And fucking, you know, Billy and Josh, I was the same as you. It surprised me, but I, I was fucking happily surprised, man. It was solid, you know. Impact Wrestling at the minute is just fucking phenomenally solid. You know, I mean, you look at AEW, it has its great fan base, but a lot of people hate it and call shit on it every time, me uh-huh. particularly. WWE has its internal issues at the moment, but Impact is just a solid mm-hmm. fucking pro wrestling show, and God damn it, any of our listeners that listen to us just for our insanity, yeah. but don't watch Impact, Fucking watch Impact, man. You will not regret it. We cannot do hard to kill justice. Go fucking watch it. Yeah, watch it. Go. You want to become an Impact fan? You go watch that fucking Josh Alexander and Mike Bailey match and then tell me you don't want to watch Impact Wrestling. Because that is the kind of shit you get day in, day out in Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has fucking quality fucking wrestlers. Quality matches, in my opinion, most of the time, those matches are fucking five-star. Absolutely. And... Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We're probably going to have some more wrestling-related episodes. I think, even, oh, though, yes. even though by the time it comes out, the Rumble may have already either be about to happen or may have just finished. But I'm hoping our next episode will be a Rumble-style review or a retro paper. And I, I will just say, if the Women's Royal Rumble goes the way that I want it to go, expect me to fucking... Expect me to gush. We're also hoping to go back to our Vince retrospective, given everything that's happening. It's a great time yeah. to go back to it. We also check out all our content, our past content, our past Empire reviews, past wrestling reviews, past uh, episodes of Frasier, our other rambles and everything, our reviews. Check out on Rogue Pains, which we're also available on, also on our own feeds, both feeds are available where you get your podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, anywhere you choose to get podcasts, because a like, rating, review, like, rating or review on your platform of choice. Yeah. Also on the Rogue Pains review is the Rogue Retrospective, mm-hmm. which Paul has been my co-host for the last couple of months now. And I must say, I've enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> yes, we have an episode that will be either just going out just before this episode comes out or just after, depending. Uh, if you're a Steve it. Blackman fan particularly. The last few weeks have been great for you if you're a Steve Blackman fan. Uh, even if it, even if it wasn't for the last few weeks, you'll hear me. You'll always hear me wax lyrical about the lethal weapon on the SmackDown Retro. Well, after, this, after this episode goes out that's coming out, uh, there's two episodes left of SmackDown 
before SummerSlam 2000, then we're going to have that to cover. We are indeed, yes. Uh, make sure to follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue Opinions. Follow us at Scott McClowney. At, at SP Rambling. Follow me at Scott McClowney. <laughs> I've had a few cats. Fuck off. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast. That's all the plugs and everything. Thank you, everybody. This has been overly long. I'm sure Nathan will love uploading another two and a bit hour plus episode over at Rogue Opinions. Well, but... he better. Thank you. Enjoy Impact, the Rumble, whatever's coming up, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Reach for the sky, boy!